Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The families in the lawsuit against Alec Jones are demanding $2.75 trillion, which is... Just about the GDP of France from one guy, Alex Jones, because what? It's just, you know, we're in wacky Wally world levels of nonsense. The children are in charge. Nothing makes sense. This is ridiculous. Maybe Alex Jones will appeal and this will actually get resolved. But I kind of just feel like the whole system is imploding. Like the children are, are, are the inmates are running the asylum. The next story that we'll be talking about is uh, uh, Steve Bannon getting four months in prison for contempt of Congress, which once again, I mean, it's a question of the Constitution and executive privilege. And there's an argument to be made in uh, over an administrative issue to sentence the man to prison. I find silly, but he's not going to prison pending appeal. So we'll see how all of that plays out. We'll talk about that. Plus, there's this viral story. The guy in Waukesha who rammed all those innocent people. Oh, boy. When you see how the media is writing about this guy, a weeping man with two sides to every story. There's a viral meme going around where when it was Kyle Rittenhouse, they mocked and belittled him. But when it's this guy, they're like, well, two sides to every story. He weeps. We'll talk about all that. And don't forget to head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to support our work directly by clicking that Join Us button. We got field reporters. I believe we're actually uh, we're sending a field reporter on the ground to Matt Walsh's big rally in Tennessee. So I'm super excited for that. I'm super proud we're able to do that. Shout out to Elad Eliyahu, who's been doing field reporting for us. I believe he will be uh, covering this. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it'll be someone else. But uh, it's because you guys are members. We're able to do this. You'll also get access to the uncensored members only show, Cast Castle, Tales from the Inverted World. We got more shows coming. So smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about all this and more is Austin Peterson. Thanks for having me back, guys. Who are you? I'm the host of the Wake Up America show, a lifelong Missourian, and uh, yeah, just a freedom fighter, all around libertarian, hardcore, you know, fighter for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, right on, just like Superman. Thanks for hanging out. This should be fun. We also got Luke Rudkowski. Oh, oh, great. It's the guy who says you can't sell heroin to a five-year-old. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> you, party, you party pooper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> My name's Luke Rudkowski. I have to say that. I'm sorry. No, it's all right. It's right. My name is Luke Rudkowski of We Are Change.org. Today I'm wearing a t-shirt with an updated uh, New York State flag, which I think perfectly represents it more accurately, with people running away from it saying, F this place. If you like this shirt, you can get it on the bestpoliticalshirts.com because you do I'm here thank you again so much for having me it's Ian Crossland in the house your favorite free software advocate Austin great to see you again as always man love you brother and Luke thanks dude nice t-shirt thank you What's going on, Serge? Hey, guys. Serge.com. Can't remember that easy. I'm still going to be here pushing the buttons, as always. All right. Here's a story from Bloomberg. Sandy Hook families seek $2.75 trillion from Alex Jones. Jury already awarded families $965 million in damages. Judge to decide damages under state deceptive trade law. Oh, this is fascinating. So basically, they're seeking what? 
just just about 3,000 times what they were awarded from the jury. 2.75 trillion. Let's put that into context. Here is a list of countries by GDP. You can see here U.S. dollars in the trillions. France, 2.77. Canada, 2.2. So Alex Jones's lawsuit falls somewhere in between Canada and France in terms of gross domestic product. That's how stupid we have become as a people. I'm ashamed because, look, I'm worried the aliens are watching us. And boy, is this embarrassing if they are. You know, there's, there was a story we talked about the other day that claimed Putin had already tried to file, fire a nuke, but that sabotage or technical issues cause it not to fire. And I'm like, well, the only, the only, uh, you know, the only solution to that, uh, the only, the only answer as to why this happening is aliens. You know, as soon as he pressed the button, the aliens deactivated. Well, yeah. that's the conspiracy theory, right? That aliens stopped us from firing nukes. I'm just saying the whole world, everything that humanity is, we are becoming a clown show. That's how stupid this is. So. I think we can take this back. You know, we can end this easily. Going back to late 1700s, Congress shall make no law abridging freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. Now, back in those days, that only applied to Congress, right? But after the Civil War, we passed this thing called the 14th Amendment, says the states now shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech. So all of the privileges and immunities of free speech that were guaranteed in the Constitution applied to people like Alex Jones. There's modern jurisprudence as well that backs this up. The, the Supreme Court case that you're going to want to look to, to reference this is Brandenburg versus Ohio. This was back in the 1960s, which says that if there's a matter of public interest or an event of public interest, if you have an opinion about that event, that is free speech. So this Connecticut judge has essentially invalidated, uh, you know, jurisprudence, which has been, you know, repeatedly upheld since the 1960s. This Brandenburg case has been tried and tested and has been settled, uh, settled case law. So Alex Jones, I think, goes to the Supreme Court and wins. I don't think it gets tossed out on appeal. I think it goes to the Supreme Court, and I think that they look at the Brandenburg case, and then they throw this out entirely. Let me read this from the story. It says, the family said they're entitled to that amount, $2.75 because Jones broke a state law barring the sale of products using false statements. They reached the sum by multiplying the state law's $5,000 per violation fine by the 550 million social media exposures Jones's audience received on his Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter accounts in the three years following the San Diego incident. Literally makes no sense. You know, the judge made a huge mistake. Because, but but, but in, this, yeah. in this regard, Alex Jones did not do, com uh, maybe I'm wrong, okay? But I'm pretty sure he didn't do commercials where he held up his product and was like, I just want to talk about, you know, a tragic event, buy my product. And also that event was not real. Like, I'm pretty sure his commercials were entirely separate statements. Mm -hmm. It would be like if, you know, we, we have Biotrust sponsors of the show as if they would be liable because I make a claim about Joe Biden on the show and that's selling the product. That's nonsense. The law is supposed to be, if I said something like, you know, this water keeps tigers away, $100, Ian, you want to buy it? Well, I yeah, don't see but... any tigers, do you? That's <laughs> no, clearly, no. right? That's what they're trying to go for. Opinions are always protected free speech. And that's Alex Jones' opinion that that happened. And so as long as it was a clearly stated opinion about a public event, 
he's protected. So he's never going to have to pay this money. I mean, obviously, you know, you guys were talking about it getting thrown out on appeal, but I think that this goes through the legislative process, goes to the Supreme Court, they cite Brandenburg, and then it gets tossed out. But, you know, the left is celebrating this now as if they're going to go after all of these other people like you Kanye. and me and Kanye and others and stuff. I don't think that happens. Not no. with the Supreme Court the way that it sits right now. Yeah. When he made a statement of, and named one of the parents and said that they were lying, that is crosses the line is no longer opinion. Is that true? No, no. So uh, here's the crazy thing. If I said something like Ian Crossland is a conservative commentator who actively assists fascists, and I've seen him do it, that's an opinion. If I said I've watched Ian Crossland walk up to a group of fascists and provide aid and support to them, that's an opinion. Because what people need to understand is that I've talked with lawyers so many times about defamation and stuff like this. People seem to think that claiming someone did something is a statement of fact when it's not. But what about if I you said Ian Crossland said he was 43 years old and he is lying? So if you so the, the statement of fact is that you said you were 43 years old. Did you? Yes. Okay. Whether you're lying or not is my opinion. Whether you said you were 43 is fact. So if I said, for instance. Ian, a conservative commentator, Ian Crossland, said that if young folks, if we get rid of no-fault divorce, young folks would be more careful about who they marry. Did you really say that? Because I made a statement of fact and a quote, like Jezebel. So this is a, for, for those that aren't familiar, this is literally what Jezebel did to Ian. This is a false statement of fact outright, and it is actionable. The next question is damages. Were you damaged by it? How much does it cost? Well, we had one user tell us the other day they were going to give us a thousand bucks a month for 84 years, but then they found out Ian was conservative, so they're not going to. So we'll have to look into Sue that. Sue for 2.75 trillion. That's right, 2.75 yeah. trillion. All the marks of people <laughs> that have watched the show ever and thought of me in their head now yes. multiplied by. Come on. I mean, so, so the issue with this is that uh, Alex Jones never had a trial. Yeah. That's 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 what happened. If he did, they would have been like, it's a it's a it's an opinion. Albeit you might think it's a really stupid one, but it is. Well, the judge granted um, discovery, which makes no sense. I mean, she should have immediately ruled it as a free speech issue, but you know, she's obviously stepped into this on the polit on a political side. A lot of people think, and I agree, Alex should not have said stuff like this. It's it's clearly ridiculous, mm -hmm. but he's allowed to. You know, uh, Ethan Klein got suspended from from YouTube the other day. For the comments he made about Ben Shapiro getting gassed, we said it on the show that night. He should not get suspended. That was before he did. Mm -hmm. And then I said it again. He got suspended. He shouldn't be. He should be allowed to say that. Someone super chatted already that, like, I'm criticizing Kanye West for saying, you know, well, I don't know if we're supposed to say it on the show because someone said the R word yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But my, my, I'm like, you know, Con, I, I said Kanye shouldn't. I didn't say he should be banned from doing it. Right. But like, what about the defamation case? Now, in your opinion, what should somebody not be able to say? Like when they can prove damages by what someone said when they're not a public figure, right? Well, so I, I, I understand the public figure thing. And it's, it's, it's tough, right? If, if we're looking at someone who is a politician or a celebrity and they're active in public life and we have an argument with them, I understand why we have the Times v. Sullivan precedent that there's a higher standard for public figures. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
for people who aren't public figures, who aren't involved in this stuff, I understand why that standard isn't there. So it, it is difficult. My, my, my view of this is like what really should have happened is that they sue Alex Jones and said, you've made false statements about this. Alex Jones pays in the thousands and, and has to issue an apology and a retraction. I think one big solution for a lot of these things is a retraction and apology, but the courts don't ever enforce that. But well, he's in chapter 11 is, right a, now. Yeah. Alex already did issue a lot of apologies. No, but, I know. But YouTube deleted all those videos and mm -hmm. there's no record of it. Right. There's not a lot of records that he could comply with. And this is one of the reasons why, of course, they just threw out the court case and he didn't have his day in court. They just decided he was guilty, said he wasn't complying. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. We don't know the full story of exactly what was happening behind the scenes here. But uh, I don't know. Maybe these families confused Alex Jones with the Federal Reserve and think he could just print money out of thin air. And it's, it's just a ridiculous notion to ask for trillions of dollars. It shows you how frivolous this is and how it's politically exactly. motivated rather than motivated on the actual merits of this case. Yeah, I think I, I think there's a strong possibility it goes to the Supreme Court. They might just say they don't want to hear it, but I think they probably would because this is kind of ridiculous. So my, here's my understanding. I was, uh, we, we went down to Austin, I think it was a year ago. And this was when Jones was right around the time he was held in default or, or they declared a default judgment because he didn't turn over all the documents. Alex, I, I was talking to him and he said, we've given them every single thing we have. There's nothing else we can give them. And he was like frantically and adamant being like, Tim, listen, I, I, I gave him literally everything. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> and they just kept saying he didn't. Yeah. So like, what do you do when they just claim you didn't give him the documents and you did? Well, he's in well, chapter 11, which means that in Texas, he's still going to be able to operate. He's got like less than yeah. $3 million in assets. They don't have to liquidate. He can still keep his employees. He can still operationally. But that what they've promised is all the future profits from InfoWars Which there never will be. That. Right, right. Yeah, let, me, let me explain something to, to uh, anybody who just doesn't understand how businesses work. Profits are a choice. That's it. It's a choice. So they may try and say... Okay, we're going to we're going to find out where you are right now and we're going to say here's a cap as to how much you can use for, op for operational costs, but that probably won't fly because it makes no sense because costs vary. So, for Alex, let's say he makes 3 million dollars this year. I I was probably way more a while ago. Let's make let's let's just pick a number. Let's say 10 million. Okay, fine. They say, "Okay, you made 10 million dollars." Up 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 up. That is revenue, not profit. Alex can then take, let's say it costs him $3 million to run the business. He can then spend $7 million on advertisements all over the country, and that is an operational cost. He can just choose to dump it into things. He can buy more machines. He can build a bigger warehouse. He can build a bigger studio and just keep spending the money. They will never see a penny. Yeah, this looks right. This was a political judgment. It's not uh, a legal precedent that's set. It's going to get overturned. You know, Alex Jones will continue to be able to operate in Texas. So I, honestly, I think that probably everybody benefits from this in the end, because when it does go to the Supreme Court and they do uphold the Brandenburg precedent, people like you and I are going to be benefiting from it. We're going to get the Alex Jones precedent. Mm, and yeah. then we're going to be like, did you see that court case between, you know, Ethan Klein and Ben Shapiro? Well, well, under the Jones, uh, Alex Jones precedent, they're going to have to. They're going to hate that so much. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we got to keep bringing up Listen. the man's name that we banned everywhere on social media. <laughs> so, <laughs> in, in Jones v. So um, this is what happened in Mississippi with the abortion ban. They it, it was, what, 11 weeks or something. Then the left sued to stop it. And it resulted in Roe v. Wade getting overturned. They could have just said, hey, let's not launch any lawsuits until we get control of the Supreme Court to keep this level. But they decided we're going to go we're going to go at this and, and try and fight it. Mm -hmm. 
makes it to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court says, nope, Roe v. Wade gone. Yeah, see, this is why I don't take the black pill, man. I am so on the white pill train because uh, over the long course of history, liberty has advanced. If you look at things on a long enough timeline, sure, have we lost some short-term victories? Sure, but the libertarians have slowly made gotten the big wins. Roe v. Wade was a big one. That was enormous. That happened last the first time I was on the show last time. And, yeah. and, and the anarchists and the people who want to be left alone, we would see things a little bit differently, but, but you do make a very good point because especially when it comes to st- states' rights, especially when it comes to gun rights, uh, we have seen it grow in, in, in a way that the federal government has been having a hard time trying to, of course, stop. You look at people where, you look at states where people could conceal carry, they're, they're becoming more and more abundant by the day. That's a huge, major victory. And I, I think when we look at, you know, the decentralization, decentralization of power, there's a lot of optimism, there's a lot of hope, but also at the same time, I, I think we're seeing the system panic and kind of get angry and lash out. And I think this is one of the ways that they're lashing out in these kind of particular court cases. But at the end of the day, we're talking about Alex Jones, someone that, of course, is banned on social media. And if anything, this is only going to make him more notable. This Mm -hmm. is only going to make more people know about him because more people are talking about him now. So he was a famous guy, but they've turned him into an iconic historical figure. Literally. That's the craziest thing about it. A martyr. Yeah. Uh, But but I mean, just, I mean, more than that. Alex Jones, for a while, was just a personality. He was a guy who talked, and he, and he had fans. If they left him alone, he would have ended up in the, in the history historical record as a guy who said stuff online. Now they've turned him into an extremely consequential political and legal figure with mm-hmm. everything they've gone after. Now, in, throughout history, there's going to be precedent historical records talking about the conflict, the crisis, the politics, all of that stuff. Just simply put, he used to be influential. Now he's consequential. That's that's Ooh, that's is that a song lyric. The, the left you didn't write that down. Yeah, the there left didn't read their Nietzsche. They stared too long into the abyss. They fought. Bra- <laughs> they <laughs> fought dragons, and then they became the enemy. They became exactly wow, what they so were fighting true. against. Yeah. You know who else is you know red pilling a lot of people? And another big victory for free speech and freedom is Corey DeAngelis's oh, yeah. crusade mm-hmm. for school choice in he's Arizona. Winning. Yes, he's winning. Glenn Youngkin in Virginia, the governor's race. I mean, what a blessing that has been. But I honestly think that the school choice issue. And the freedom of choice in education is the freedom issue of our time. Mm. The pandemic red pilled a lot of people, but there's nothing like telling parents that they shouldn't have anything to do with their kids' education That's to get crazy. people to show up to their town. That, on top of a, a new record number of homeschoolers, also throughout the last mm. few years, has been growing very significantly, especially after COVID, when a lot of people were able able to actually see what's what's happening in their curriculum, what's happening in their schools, and be shocked by the utter craziness that's being taught to students. And it's not really teaching students or teaching kids anything. It's really indoctrinating them into the current system. A lot of people are sick of it. A lot of people are saying, you know what? I'm just going to teach my own kids the important things that I want to teach them. And what I love, too, is seeing all of the former liberals coming along to our side, right? And like how the trans issue has turned so many of the LGBT or the LGBT, well, the LGBT community. We get, you know, Blair White and so many other transgender people, Sarah Higdon and others who are coming along to our side have been red-pilled because of the extremism of the progressive values. The progressives are out there attacking Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in her town halls. (laughs) (laughs) She's already been pushed to the side. And you you see she's like dancing and sticks her tongue out. It's like... Did she vote for funding for Ukraine for weapons yes. and aid? Yes, oh, it was unanimous. It was unanimous. <laughs> yep. So wait a minute, unanimous. Thomas Massey didn't vote. No, 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 no. The Democrats. Oh, okay. Like there was like no defectors. You look at the Republicans and it's split. But so with uh, with with a lot of this ideology stuff, 
There's there's one really great example that's popping up in the news, and it's this Dylan Mulvaney, I think the individual's name yep, is. Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, it's some of the funniest content. I mean, Dylan, yeah. Dylan says that they're a performer putting on a performance, and I respect that and think the performance is very, very funny. The only thing is, it's at the expense of women, right? Mm. D- Dylan Mulvaney, for those that aren't familiar, posted his video, got invited to the White House and got a cookie, and the whole performance, <laughs> and again, I, I'll stress this, Mulvaney says outright that this is a performance. I, I bring that up and people are like, no, it's serious, no, it's serious. And I'm like, I mean, maybe Dylan's literally trans, but the character they're playing is exaggerated, over-the-top performance, and it's, you know, when they say woman face, I'm like, no, that that's literally what this is, mm-hmm. right? It's it's it, you, you, The point I'm trying to make is, you mentioned that even trans people are getting concerned about what's going on, Blair White being a good example, because Dylan Mulvaney's character is a caricature of women and trans people, right. not indicative of who trans people really are. So you have this person who's tripping, wearing high heels while going hiking, and, and just this very cartoonish character, yeah. and it's... Got, it's got a lot of trans people and women angry that they're being mocked by this performance. Well, conservatism is not confined to one ideology, right? There are, there are conservative Democrats, right. right? There are conservative gay people, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, conservatism can encompass a wider branch of philosophies than most people might, might think. It's not, conser- it's not confined to republicanism. But hey, uh, you know, Biden really likes Dylan Mulvaney. And according to (laughs) Dylan, who came out today, he says that Biden said that he watches his TikTok channel and that they're (laughs) going to come out with an official conversation and interview this coming Sunday. So that's going to be very interesting to watch. But but to, to the point that you guys are making here, I think it's important to note here that, you know, a lot of the times when people are a part of different communities, especially in the conservative kind of wing, they usually don't make it their personality. Sometimes they do, and it's a little bit annoying. But when you just come to the table and say, hey, my sex, my gender, my choice of how I decide to procreate is everything all about me, it, it's kind of annoying, and it kind of takes away from the human being. And that's what you see from a lot when it comes to a lot of these social media personalities that I, just use it as a way to have a fake personality. I think it's possible we get to the point Well, I, I see one of two futures. One where offensive comedy comes back with a, with a vengeance, Hope so. and you start seeing like remember when Sarah Richard Silver Pryor's and stuff, yeah, yeah. I mean when George Carlin, George uh, Carlin, George Carlin called Richard yeah. Pryor and Eddie Murphy the N word on stage to thunderous applause. Mm-hmm. Like I mean it's it's shocking. It's like, true, but it's true. Yeah, he did he, outright. And the point he was making is that it was a joke because you know they're not. Like right. it was meant to right. be absurd. You know that George Carlin is a hippie who doesn't really believe in the stuff, and he was meant it was meant to be shocking and offensive. But you can't do that kind of stuff these days. No way. Maybe it'll go swing in the complete other direction, or maybe it will come to the point where woman face becomes extremely offensive, and people like Dylan Mulvaney get banned for uh, for uh, misogyny. But how do you do that? I mean, like, do you, how do you rally women around that to like to reclaim womanhood that doesn't that it isn't some entirely conservative female movement? I mean, are liberal females really going to get on board with a reclaiming you know woman face? Like, so I mean, you've got to. Well, th- my point is maybe. I'm not saying right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't know where we're at. I just I wonder what the psychology is. There have to be some kind of polarizing event. I, I, what, I, what I see is either the woman face phenomenon results in people saying mockery of any identity is, is fair play, or it turns into, you know what, we've realized for some time that's probably not okay to mock women in this way. Hmm. But 
Shouldn't it be okay though? Shouldn't it be? Shouldn't shouldn't everybody be up for grabs? Like when you were kids, there was always that one serious kid who told the teacher every time somebody <laughs> said something mean about him, mm-hmm. and then the rest of us were all having a laugh or having a joke, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think it should be illegal or banned or anything like that. But people are allowed to have tastes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. like Sarah Silverman did blackface. Personally, I'm not a fan of it. George Carlin, I'm a huge fan of, but his joke where he calls Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor the N word. That's I'm not I'm not all about that. You know, I understand his point about being offensive. I think he should be allowed to do it. I think he can make his joke. And turns out tons of people really loved what he said. Good for him. I, you know, that's not my thing. Is there I, a time I and place for blackface? Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it like, is there, you know, let's say you're doing a documentary or a film it. about Al Jolson, right? So, I mean, like, there is a time and place to do blackface, right? So, I mean, the only thing that we're calling out Sarah Silverman for is the hypocrisy of the left, right? right? right. But, not but, because but, she did blackface. But you mean doing blackface insofar as you're mocking what it, what it represented? Yes. Like the, the joke of modern blackface with someone like Sarah Silverman was that you're, you're sort of making fun of the old ways when, right. when these people were racist and it right. was wrong and you're supposed to be shocked by it. And it's funny because it's deeply offensive. You know what I mean? Like, wasn't yeah. that what Al Jolson was doing though? With it originally, like he was doing a parody of the blackface not only, at the not time. Not only that, but like RDJ, like Ron, uh, Robert Downey Jr. in that movie Tropic Thunder. Oh years right, ago. right, it right. Was a joke, right. specifically this. It's exactly what we're talking about. To right poke now. fun at the people yes. who do it. Yes, exactly. right. That, they, were, I think the Tropic Thunder is hilarious. It is. And so the funny. gag was actors who go too far into method yes. acting, and <laughs> he went so far, he actually did blackface. He got, well, it's more than that. Like his character got like skin pigmentation. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a while. I, I, I <laughs> just say. Personally, myself, let people say and do and express themselves as they want, as long as they don't physically hurt other people. Mm-hmm. People should be able to control their own emotions. We shouldn't be policing conversation, speech, and art. Let it express itself. And if someone wants to be distasteful, that is their uh, perspective and opinion, but it's also your opinion to get triggered and angry and emotional about it. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. people's words and actions only have power if you give them that power. And I think if a lot of uh, more of us were more mature about this, we, we could have a situation situation where we didn't have censorship we didn't have of course the destruction of free speech and the progression of society but sadly we, we do because people saying i don't like this this is offending me stop him right now sure. and yeah. i think that's just weak and i think that's 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 you well know, as a, with a low vibrational energy that's not good for human consciousness well as with a lot of things right like the woke people will take like a grain of truth and then spin it around it a yarn of lies so emotional abuse is a real thing Right, a use of institutional power to emotionally abuse an, a, an affected group—that's a real thing. The yeah. problem is, is that when you take when you take that and then you liberalize it and you expand it into you know a, a, an entire web, then you go too far, and then there's going to be collateral damage. So the question is, how do you define what is emotional abuse? That's the problem, right? And that's the the realm of therapists to be able to answer a question like that. Maybe you guys know more than I do, but at some point, you know, I hate bullies. Right. I can't stand bullies. You know, when you see somebody being bullied because of their race or their sexuality or something like that, you want to stand up against that. Right. At least I do. Right. That for me, I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian. So how do you do that? Right. Without saying, oh, you're you're just a woke social justice warrior taking the side of the left or something like that. How do you stand up for the rights of affected minorities from actual emotional abuse without crossing over into some larger effective? I just want to say confront the bully directly to their face. Dave Chappelle, I think, said it best. You don't like it? Don't watch it. If you don't like what I say, you don't have to listen to it. You choose to watch and listen certain things. And if you don't like someone, you don't like their taste, that you you got offended by them, don't watch them. It's your choice at the end of the day. Remember that viral tweet that I, I think it was Tyler, the creator? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
the laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And he said, how is cyberbullying a real thing? Like, just close your eyes. Yeah, that was Just him. like... Turn the screen off. Kind we're, of. We're, it, but here's the thing. We're guys. We're all guys. We don't have any women at this table. Those young girls bully the absolute hell yeah, out of each other. That's true. And these, the, when they're on their social media with the things that they're saying, the bullying in high school, it's not like when we were growing up, guys. Mm-hmm. It's different. They've but got was, pictures. They've got nudes of each other. They reach you they've at got, home. They, they reach you at home. They're, you know, it, it's an un, insane it's, 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 level it's, it's, of, no, of harassment. Yeah, yeah. So this is actually is a good point because for these kids... It used to be that if you went to school and you had problems, when you went home, you were safe from what that stressor was. But the next day you had to go face it. Today, with social media and online personas, it's, it's infinity. It's never going anywhere. And so we're seeing suicide. We're seeing depression among, mostly among young girls. So, yeah, I mean, I think, it, I think really it's going to come down to the parents to be like, no cell phone for you. In the is earth? the depression be, because of bullying or is it because of the algorithms that perfectly uh, highlight and curate and, and upvote particular content well, that both. causes yeah. drama, that causes anger, that gets people's attention, and they know if they say something negative, they'll get people responding to it. If they post something right. degenerate, they'll get more eyeballs, and the algorithm will reward them for this. And I think I think there's an argument to be made here because you know I, I grew up in, in New York City, I grew up in Brooklyn. There there was bullying on insane levels. There was there was for a sure. kid who sure. who you know one day wasn't coming in for a few months. He was burnt all throughout his body. He lost his father in a fire. There was a bully calling him soft hostage face punching him beating him up psychological abuse where you couldn't escape it there was gangs there was people bullying each other to the extent where you couldn't even go outside in many instances because you would get you know kicked in stomped on i got stomped on a couple times i got i got bullied like crazy because i didn't even speak english so so, so, so i'm saying there always was bullying yes but 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 who are you gonna you know point the finger at to well so the algorithm or the individual? It's, it's both. It's both. Yeah. But I just want to point out there's, there's a cultural issue at play with all of this. You mentioning this kid who got burned. I got to tell you, man, where I grew up, if anybody bullied the burn kid, that bully would get stomped out in the playground. Yeah. Like, dude, everybody was kind of like, bro, you crossed the line. And that's a cultural phenomenon of kids who had some kind of moral code or just like yeah. scruples. Sounds like where you came from, it was different. Yeah, and there, no one like this, this bully knew he could do it. Nobody would stop him. Yeah, it was okay, a bigger. So is, it was a bigger kid who got left back a bunch of times, and everyone like was afraid of him. So this and is, he would beat the crap out of anybody and er, anyone he wanted. Yeah, so this but, is kind of messed up. So when I was uh, when I was fourteen years old, my mother passed away from cancer, and you know it was a traumatizing event. I watched the whole thing happen in real time in front of my face. You know, just, just horrible, horrible event. Took a, an entire year of suffering. And my best friend, you know, knew that I was depressed. Like it was about six months or so after she passed away. And, you know, nothing would make me laugh. Nothing would, could crack. Like I was just in a funk. And then one day we were talking about something and he just turns to me and he goes, yeah, well, at least my mom isn't dead. And I just went. (laughs) <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard <laughs> and it broke me out of my funk and I just started laughing again. I don't know what it was, but I do think, and, and I'm not trying to be like, you know, soft here, but I do think we are coming at this from a very masculine worldview. Like, like, cause like we are mm-hmm. told to top, be tough, be hard, you know, and a lot of this, a lot of the, you know, a lot of this leftist stuff comes from feminism and feminists and women wanting to be soft and wanting to take care of people's feelings and wanting to protect people, which I totally understand, right? You want to come into the heat? 
get ready to get burned. I agree. I agree. But you got to understand that like a, a big portion of what we are opposing here in wokeism is postmodern feminism. Right. And, and fe- that, that's True. that's feelings over facts. Yeah. Right. So we've got to be sensitive to that in order to have a conversation with people who think that we're we're insensitive and that so, we're not thinking about that. We're these hard, cold, Randian, unfeeling libertarians. So, right? so, so what you're saying is that, you know, men are smart, logical and tough and women are frail, weak and emotional. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> you, you mentioned before that um, um, using institutional power to of guys emotionally here. abuse someone is, is over the line. And I agree with you. Right. And I think the definition of institutional power has changed since Internet videos become so prominent now a 13 year old that has 700,000 followers on TikTok is the institutional power and for a young (laughs) unfocused child to to let their wildness out on another human is like heavily abusive and and dangerous and can rally crowds of people to do it so So what do you say to him toughen up kid you know you got 13 million followers you know you're aiming at them you're telling them to go and harass them essentially you just say hey kid this is the world that you live in now you know it's these aren't problems that we used to have to deal with they don't seem to work you can't like tell someone to stop on this you got to ban that well what they've been doing is banning them off the platform right and that's like i don't know if that's the way to go when I, i was at vidcon this is maybe seven or eight years ago that's ancient I'm out in front of, um, it's an Anaheim Convention Center. I'm out in front. Mm-hmm. I think I have my skateboard, I'm like skating, and I hear uh, there's a group of little kids, like probably 12, 13, and one kid goes, You have 85 subscribers? How? And then wow. he's like, I just made videos. And the other kid was like, I have 40. Like, these kids are talking to each other about how many followers they have. That freaked me out. Yeah. I was like, that's going to warp those kids' minds. Yeah. Their whole world's going to be attached to the number of points they get, their influence number. Yeah. Well, like what I want to say about like you know Ben Shapiro, his his famous statement, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. He's right about that, but that's from our worldview. The outside world, feelings don't care about our facts. Well, I've long said that, and a lot of a lot of other people have said that same thing yeah. too. Yeah. And that's the more important thing to understand. Ben Shapiro is factually correct. Facts don't care about feelings, but you need to understand in the political the political reality is that their feelings don't care about your facts. So yeah, how do we true. learn this language, right? How do we? This is like learning a brand new language. We have to be able to learn this mm. language in order to be able to counteract it. I think. No, 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 no. Look, look, you're correct, but we know the language. I, I used to do nonprofit fundraising. It's evil. I think. I think these industry. I think the industry is evil. I think. I realized that these organizations were just lying. And that what they teach people is specifically the language of feelings. They give you scripts. They break down how the scripts work. So they teach you exactly how to speak their language. And you know what? There are high, there are high functioning individuals who can build a podcast or a media platform knowing that language. That means they're probably manipulating their followers. Or you can be the quote unquote right and have real conversations, often disagree and say, it's cool that we disagree but not try to use emotional manipulation. Really what it comes down to is, on a show like this, if we tried to engage in hard sophistry, we'd get annihilated by, by the audience. They would say, you guys are liars and it's obvious. Because I think what's really starting to split the two worlds is facts versus feelings. And the people who are all about facts aren't going to be swayed by emotional manipulation. That's most of the people who are watching this show. And the inverse. 
and then it's the inverse. You watch a show like uh, like H3H3 or, or Hassan, and it's going to be uh-huh. all emotional manipulation with yeah. very little facts. Hence, the Democrats right now will say, we got to get off fossil fuels and shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Hey, Saudi Arabia, keep pumping that gas. <laughs> right. How can both of those things be true? But do we want this balkanization? I guess is the question. I mean, if you're an anarchist, then yeah, you want to you know break everybody up into separate independent republics of individuals, right? But if you want to live in the United States, like, do you want Hassan to come on this show and talk to you? Because right now we, we are, we exactly. Well, maybe that's not what today, I, but that's, that, that, but that's, is that what we want? No, no, we want, I want, you know, Hassan to come in here and engage yeah. with us. Should I want to talk to these people. I want to have these conversations. When I reach out to leftists and liberals to try and get them on the show, they won't do it. Listen, Never. Ethan Klein got suspended on YouTube because he said that um, if there is another, if there's another Holocaust, he hopes that uh, uh, Ben goes first, which is shocking and defensive. Now, my position, Ben's position, and most people in our space was basically like, he shouldn't be banned for that. He's just kind of a dick. Ethan Klein himself tweeted before that cancel culture is often a good thing. And when he's Mm -hmm. been canceled in the past, it helps him reflect and become a better person. When he got his sponsors pulled because he made gay stereotype jokes, he said, well, I guess I'm a threat to gay people. So, you know, whatever. And he was kind of bummed about it. When he makes offensive comments about Ben Shapiro, he claimed white supremacists got him banned. Well, I'm sorry, I got to pause there a second. You mean you made a joke about gassing Ben and you thought white supremacists were mad about it? They, I'm sorry, they agree with you, Ethan. But, it's, it, but my point is, it's, it's nonsensical. There's no logic there. There's no fact to follow. He's saying two things that contradict each other. However, in the world of emotion, that doesn't matter. So, of course, it's true. We are in this world where we look for logical consistency. And we often don't understand how they could be trapped in that world because they don't need logical consistency. They need emotional consistency. And what's that? Hating us. Well, well no, I think uh, Ethan was, j- was joking and jibing Ben. Like it was an emotional, an attempt to emotionally bond with Ben Shapiro. Are you kidding, dude? That's <laughs> what, I know how people like that. You, you're, saying, you're saying that Ethan Klein saying he hopes Ben Shapiro gets gassed was to bond with yeah, him? Yeah, he's like, listen, fellow Jew. Take, take responsibility for your Jewishness. Let's be together on this one, like kind of thing. It was an emotional way to, to say that. And it came out as a dirty joke. Emotional in the sense that it would make the average person want to fight you, I guess. Yeah, kind of like with a friend and you're like, no. you make an insulting joke to your friend. And they're Listen, like, oh yeah. And then you get like a bonding kind no of way, thing. No way, dude. So you are, that is a one times one. So, like, so listen, question. listen, hold, so hold on. Look, yeah. when you are a personality that consistently attacks, insults, derides, and makes a, makes money off of harming, uh, like like attacking other people, and then one day you go on your show and outright say, you hope if it comes down to it, they die. I'm sorry, bro. Ian, you're, you're wrong. not attacking other people. You mean insulting other people? I don't like no, the no, verb no, no. attack used in conversational terms. It's not, you we're need, not attacking you, each you, other. Like these are, these are people who celebrated cancel culture, celebrated the, the harm to people's livelihoods, and then complain when it happens to them. They advocate for a world of pain and then demand it does not befall them. When it, look, if, if I said this the other day, if I came out and said similar comments about AOC, ain't nobody's going to call that a joke. We're critical of AOC. We're not friends with her. Right. He is not friends with Ben Shapiro. No, what I he said about he him was not bonding. It was a direct no, It was an attempt insult. to bond. Oh, no, come through on. Emotion, it was an attempt, emotional attempt to bond. It was an attempt to deride an insult for the sake of making money. Why would he bond with somebody that he argues with and doesn't like politically and, and is, is complete different? Uh, it's natural human tendency. Can I take an informal poll amongst you guys on the subject of national divorce? Yay or nay? 
Nay. No. No. Yay. Okay, so I'm a nay uh, as well. So we got one yay. What about you, Serge? Um, I think Come the on. U.S. is strong because it's many different nations. Maybe if, we, if it was a divorce where it was kind of like larger regions of the United States, maybe. Okay. So it's a, like a larger balkanization. Okay. But I don't, I don't necessarily know. I wouldn't be able to, to say that. So then, yay. So then that means that we've got to figure out a way to live with these people, right? Mm. Bill Maher has been talking so. about this no. on his show a couple of times. No, we it, don't have to figure out a way to live with these people. No, we don't. That's why we have states, and that's why people have right. championed federalism. Well, because mm, California, even the states have Democrats in them. Some, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. And the internet. But California can do it's California's thing so long as we outline where they're infringing upon our rights. For instance, California allowing tons of illegal immigrants to come in, then using that in the census to gain a congressional seat or an electoral right. vote is a violation of our rights. That needs to be adjudicated. But if California wants to have illegal immigrants that don't count toward their census, I could care less. Well, how can, look, we live, look, look, how can we live in a country with, with people who think that we are semi-fascists? Right? How can we live? How can we call those no, people no, 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 our no, no. countrymen? We, we, right? Listen, let's hold, I mean, on, hold on, hold you know, on. I'd there have are, to side with Luke and say national divorce right, listen, before listen. we tolerate that. There are countries in this world that want us all dead. We need to find a way to not fight with each other. Agreed. War is bad. Yes, yes. So the same goes for even within this country. Mm-hmm. I, I think California is a very awful place. There's poop <laughs> in the streets. They, they, they ignore federal laws. The only thing I'm concerned about is... There are benefits to being part of the union that make us strong and protect us from, say, Chinese communism, Chinese Communist Party. But I don't like the fact that when they become a sanctuary state and defy federal law, it gives them federal power. Mm. That should be adjudicated. I think if it came down to it, a peaceful divorce is better than a civil war. But I would prefer this country remain together. In fact, I prefer the United States actually expand, buying Greenland. Let's Agreed. let's get it. We need to add more states, uh, uh, Lucas. I I, I, dis- I disagree. <laughs> and, 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 I, I Annex think, Ontario. And, and, <laughs> I think. Well, I don't want Canada. I like yeah. Montreal. Yeah, I no, no, Canada. Alberta. Alberta is where the oil is. Yeah, that's true. Uh, no, that doesn't matter. I like Montreal. <laughs> yeah, Montreal's not to me, great. You don't have to deal with all of Canada. Yeah. But, but but listen, <laughs> if you guys just do, listen to me and do what I want, right, let's see. We can avoid a whole bunch of problems. Uh, I I think it's important to prioritize, you know, when I talk about national divorce, what I'm specifically talking about is prioritizing states' rights, limiting the federal government, allowing people to individually decide their own kind of destiny. But at the same time, you could also have defense packs. You could also say, hey, we're going to protect each other. Hey, we're going to have a strong national defense. If one of us gets attacked, we're going to have an alliance. But the federal government that dictates how we should be living our life, that's just too much there. We don't need all these departments. We don't need all these regulators. We don't need all these rules. We don't need all these taxes we but could go state by state, state. independence do what you Alexander want Alexander Hamilton that's would federalism would but, but at the same time that would mean a, a peaceful divorce because we're no, not reliant on a federal ways. government no, keeping no, us no, together no 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 a very weak federal government for the purpose of uh, of shared national defense right. Yeah, and, and roads pack. and things like that, for the most part. Roads, We're talking about federalism. Yeah, you keep the, the roads. The, I don't want the roads. All right, let's, All right, exactly. let the roads be yeah. private. Let's, yeah, not, let's not have the whole roads, roads conversation here because it'll, it'll get, it'll get, it'll get <laughs> crazy first, here. I don't want the roads. That, but Luke, the first yeah. thing that's going to happen is Missouri's going to war with Kansas. I don't think so. I, I, I think why? they'll... Uh, why? Why would that happen? Why? Well, you guys must not be from Missouri. First of all, yeah, Jayhawks, <laughs> border war. We've had a problem with them since the late 1800s. But uh, that was what Alexander Hamilton argued in The Federalist, was that if we do not have a central federal government that puts us all in a fifth, you know, whatever the arrangement was, 13 colonies, 13 states at the time, that they, they would be more willing to go to war with one another. And that the tensions between the states will be alleviated because they could seek redress throughout the federal government. And mm-hmm. I think that that argument right. has been proven true. I, I, and, and I think that's actually fantastic. And it's, it's partly how I describe uh, inter, our international efforts 
or uh, I don't want to say globalism because that, that, that has a connotation towards because a one world government if we were all under like Star Trek kind of a situation. But, but I'm, I'm saying this. Imagine the United States had sovereign rights over its borders and trade. But instead of war, we adjudicated things through a court. It's preferable to war. I don't, I don't want to see our troops overseas blowing up anybody or getting blown up. I don't want to see nukes fired. As much as it might suck, it's better. So in that sense, there is a path towards... Can I blow but, your but, mind but, on the globalist? Can I... One, one thing real quick, yeah. Luke. On, I want to blow your mind here with a little like situation here on the globalist thing, right? Would you rather live on an earth that was a one world government that was governed under the United States Constitution? Or would you rather live in a world where it had hundreds of, of governments, but they were all like North Korea? One, uh, one world government with a constitution. Right. So, I mean, you're a globalist. No, I, I've never, I've, well, I've often talked about this. <laughs> globalism well, is inevitable. On. I've often Just said, how one, are we going to do so it? So one world government is inevitable in your mind. Yeah, it Luke, is. Luke. Get him. Uh, no, it's true. That. I was just going to say, that's the argument I was going to make, because yeah. what you were just saying, essentially, yeah, yeah. if you're saying, oh, we're all going to be together so we don't fight each other, why don't we just create a world government, just like, you know, the Rockefeller has called for, and centralize more power. How much would Mexico be improved but by this becoming is the, the 51st But this state. is the core to my argument, right? There's centralization of power, there's a monopoly of power, and then there's decentralization. I think we should always be striving and pushing and advocating for the decentralization of power, not for the centralization of power, Elon because Musk, when you centralize it enough, you have a world government. Hold and on. that's essentially but the wet dream of when, many eugenicists and population. Wait, 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 hold but on. You're, you're, conflating, you're conflating a bunch of issues that don't need to be conflated, right? Your point about a one world government under the American Constitution is a good one. If it was actually the American Constitution, that's a really, really good thing. The issue here is you are correct about decentralization of power, Luke, but simply because we would have a very weak treaty between countries for adjudication of border disputes and resource disputes does not mean eugenicists will start massacring children. Right. Of course not. Just I, like you were talking about annexing Canada, right? So if we added a 51st state, <laughs> what you're talking about is moving towards essentially that one world government. Hmm. What if Russia was just a state? What if Mexico was just a state, right? Yeah. And, the, and then everyone was governed. At, see, that's why like you have to be careful when you say, oh, well, decentralization is good because ultimately you could say, well, you know, North Korea is very decentralized, but it's not governed very well, right? So the question really is, is are individual rights protected? That's what I think is really important. And so the question is, is when we talk about big government, is it the size of government that matters or is it if that government protects individual rights and these are questions that yeah. i ask myself i don't know the answer yeah. to that because but, the american but, government is bigger than north korea but i would rather live in the american government that is bigger but, than but north north, everyone works for the government in north korea yeah you're, you're, uh, you're, 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 you're but, but this is the thing and there's a correlation between big governments and liberty going down so, well, let, so let, when let, you let look me, at that correlation historically this is why you always i don't disagree with that the north korean government is bigger than our government the North Korean gov government is absolute in their country from border to border. Every Everyone works for the government, is, is controlled by the government, and enslaved by the government. But there are plenty of objective measures you, you, that the United States you, government you, is you, much larger than the North you're, Korean you're making, government. You're Budgetary. Making, yes, but hold on. You're making an argument. Employees. Okay, okay. I get it. You're making an argument about hard number to number. Mm. If I'm talking about crime in Omaha, Nebraska, and New York, what matters? The hard numbers of murders or the per capita murders? It's per capita. Per capita. If we're talking about the size of government, North Korea is as big as government can be. Just because they're a small country physically does not mean they're a smaller government than ours. 100% government. Everybody's in the government. So it's, I agree. Everyone's I spying for the government. Big is what percentage yeah, of the population is involved with working for the government? Yeah, with the United States, I mean, look at New York. New York has between 30 and 40,000 cops out of uh, 2.5 million just in Manhattan alone. That is very little. 
government enforcement relative to the size of the population. I disagree. You're wrong. And uh, I'll tell you why. Because if the government of the United States wanted to accomplish what North Korea is doing, it could. And in many ways, it does. The size of the government can be measured. You, you, what you said is a subjective measurement. We, I, I could take my own measurements and say, yeah, what do you, what do you per mean capita is fine. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The, the laws of North Korea that exist are, are larger. And let's define because what you of, mean by government size. Okay. I'm talking about the budget, the national budget. Uh-huh. I'm talking about the number of bureau, bureaucracies that exist, the number of bureaucrats that work in those bureaucracies, the number of offices, appointed offices, right? The size and scope of the U.S. federal government by any objective measure other than what that government can do to its citizens and the power that it has over its citizens, by that measurement, I would give that to you. North Korea is a larger government in that it can reach into its citizens' lives and accomplish more in controlling its citizens' lives in the U.S. federal government, which I think is what matters, right? It, that is what matters. So the problem, but there can be an argument made and, that the United and, States and the government reason is larger. I would disagree with your assessment is that population size doesn't dic- dictate size of government in any meaningful way. Just because there's 330 million people here, by necessity, you have people who work in government to a certain percentage, but that percentage is minuscule compared to North Korea. Right, but it's my point that it doesn't matter necessarily what the size of government is stands because you would still rather live in a government uh, that is governed under the United States, in a world that is governed under the U.S. Constitution, than it, that it is one that is decentralized republics, but they're all governed by, like, North Korea. But, but I would even counter saying no one even respects the Constitution anymore. Do you think New York State respects the Second Amendment? They don't. They absolutely don't. And and this idea well, the of The fact of that they've had to change their laws to yeah. adjust to what the Supreme Court has done suggests that you're incorrect. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, look, look what the reality is in New York State. Look what the reality that a lot of people are living under when their basic rights are being violated by the NSA, by the federal government spying on everything. You would get rid of the U.S. Do. Constitution. Uh, absolutely not. Uh, but but I would say so how government, are you going to government is imperfect. But yeah. one of the, the most closest, you know, better ideas is, of course, the Constitution. But at now so we have how, to face the reality. But right now we have to understand. How can you be for a national divorce and the, the argument I'm saying right now is that, sadly, a lot of federal bureaucrats, because there's so much government, they don't respect the Constitution. The idea of the Constitution is something that they don't even know and understand because of how big our bureaucracy is. And I would even argue that just two years ago, we lived under a North Korean type government that went around, locked down businesses and shut people's livelihoods down and made them not even be able to, uh, you know, walk around freely in many instances. Depending on your state. Didn't happen to us in Missouri. Exactly. Why? Because decentralization, because states were able to decide what's right for themselves. But if you lived in Australia, right? But the court cases that came out used the U.S. Constitution as precedent. So it was the federal government ultimately, and the 14th Amendment that many of these court cases relied on. So without, if if we had gone into... You know, national divorce, Luke. How could we? Have, how could you have used the Constitution as president? You say they ignored it, but I mean, the court cases suggest otherwise. And I, and and yeah. when Alex Jones goes to the Supreme Court, 
right? It will be the fed- the federal laws that he will use to protect him and his free speech. But a lot of times that is interpreted up to the judges mm-hmm. to make decisions yeah. that are not always beholden to the Constitution. Right. The Constitution is not a perfect idea, but it's one of the best perfect mm-hmm. ideas that we have come close to. And I agree with you. We, we should try to protect the Constitution, but at the same time, we live in a reality where it's just been thrown to the side, and okay, you okay, can't okay, deny right, that. Right, right, but so let's say, idealistically, if, if, if the whole world was governed, governed according to the U.S. Constitution, would that, would that be a good thing? Yes. If people respected the Constitution, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. I'm saying yeah. idealistically, uh, yes. You think so? Sort of. It won't be a perfect, but, but it's, it's there. It's better right. than, than what we have. Okay, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a start for sure. What do, what do you think, Serge? Uh, I think, it's, like, like Ian said, I think it's a start. I think it's a start. The, I, I think, for one, we're biased. We are all people sure. who benefited from the U.S. Constitution, live in a country where we see its values. There are probably people in, say, China who firmly believe in the hierarchy of the Chinese Communist Party. And they would For be sure. like, it's horrifying if people could lie and say whatever they wanted. It would harm the greater. I'm sure they would disagree with us. We're very individualist as a nation. And I think it's actually fascinating if you look back as to why that is. A bunch of people lived in Europe. The people who wanted to stay and be a part of the collective and, and live under that rule stayed. A bunch of other people, for a variety of reasons, said, I would rather live in a barren, you know, barren shoreline and figure it out. So what happens is you have a bunch of human beings in Europe, and there's the crown, there's the church, there's war and conflict, and many people say, I'm going to stay. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people, for, for religious reasons or political reasons, get in a boat, 20% or so die on the boat. They land on shores that are empty and say, I'm going I'm to make my own thing here. That small group of people had a bunch of kids. Those kids resulted in us. Surprise, surprise, hundreds of millions of people now are staunchly individualist. That means we're going to have those values, and we want the rest of the world to retain those values for one reason, because of how we live and how we think it is beneficial for other people to live. Well, this is yeah, why absolutely. I like, you know, interventionism, right? Yeah. This is why, you know, foreign policy-wise, it's good to let other countries do it. I believe in liberty, right. but not enough yeah. to force it on anyone else. Just, just, w- true, just true. one more argument I wanted to make here, and this mm. is why I always believe <laughs> that, that decentralization is the key, individual rights are the key here, is, is, is like the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is supposed to uphold the Constitution, right? It's supposed to be the checks and balances, right. but it depends if there's Democrats in power or if there's Republicans in power, what mm. kind of laws you're going to get. Yet. And that's mm-hmm. not because of the Constitution. That's because of political partisanship with people being activist judges deciding for themselves, you know what? I like this idea. We're in power. We're going to do this. And we're going to force these ideas onto everyone. And that to me is a bad idea. And I think if we respected people's individual rights and then didn't just go by this system, things would be a lot okay, better. Okay, here's the thing. So you're in a paradox. We're all in this paradox, right? And this yeah. is, we're, we're going back to the Federalists versus the Anti-Federalists here and the writing of the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. The Anti-Federalists didn't want the Constitution to be ratified. So when they knew that it was going to happen, they said, okay, well, if you're going to do this, we are going to write down these rights. And they came up with the Bill of Rights, right? So the problem is, is that the Anti-Federalists didn't believe that things like laws and rights really needed to be written down. But the Federalists, Alexander Hamilton, George Washington, and others, they all said to themselves, well, in order to have a proper law, it has to be written down. So the, the Anti-Federalists didn't believe that, but they knew that their enemies did. They knew that their enemies believed that. So they said, you know what? We know that if we do not write down these 10 rules, then they are going to take away our rights. I think so it, it becomes 17. that paradox, was it? Okay. Yeah. So it was this paradox where it's like, well, we don't believe in written law, but we know that they do. And if we don't write down these laws in order to protect ourselves from them, then we're not going to have But you know, you know they, uh, they made some mistakes there. One of the mistakes was in the Second Amendment because uh, they originally were going to say that... Uh, military, um, being, being part of the military was not a requirement to bearing arms. 
because they wanted to make sure that everyone had the right to keep and bear arms, regardless of military service or otherwise. But they were scared that it would be used as a legal a legal argument to end conscription, which was which was a necessity at the time. So they said, OK, we'll just take that language out. Here we are. Yeah, the, the militia, <laughs> yeah. right? It That's is right. so like uh, George Mason, George Washington's hunting buddy, had something to say about that. He said specifically in the Constitutional Convention when they were asked about what it meant. Uh, I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole of the people minus a few public officials. Yeah, and that right there ought to be enough to tell you. It was 17 okay. articles approved by the House, yeah. August 24th, 1789. And uh, I think the first was specifically about 35,000 people per representative. Mm. And, you know, they... But how fascinating to have a paradox like that, right? If you're an anti-federalist, you say, I don't think the Constitution should be written. I don't think laws should be written down at all. But legal positivists who were the Federalists, said, well, we believe the laws need to be written down. And the Anti-Federalists, knowing that they were not a majority, have to say, "Let's okay, we'll write down some laws just to me, make sure that we're protecting ourselves let me, from let, me, let me read the original Second Amendment, Let's which was called the Fifth Article. A well-regulated militia composed of the body of the people being the best security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, but no one religiously scrupulous of bearing arms shall be compelled to render military service in person. And they were like, okay, well, hold on there a minute. We have conscription. We should probably get rid of that. And thus, we ended up with the fourth article. They condensed some. The uh, uh, I think the third and the fourth articles are both the first. Uh, yeah, the third and the fourth are both the First Amendment. Mm. And it got they got combined into one. An, impor an important word in there, too, is well-regulated, because the liberals seized on that, of course, with regulations. But in the late 1700s, to be well-regular meant that you were a good shot. Right, it, not, it, to be it was, not to be controlled, but it, that you had self-control. It, well, it, it meant a variety of things. It just it, it meant well, functional. A, a, a functional militia. It means your weapons work. It means you have boots. It means you know what you're doing. Right. And but if you were well regular, that meant that you were a good shot. But the funny thing is now... People don't understand language changes. Actually, no, I take this back. I think the left very, very much understands language mm -hmm. changes. Oh, yeah. And Agreed. that if they can change the understanding of a word, they can change the law, like changing the definition of woman. Hmm. All, just undermines completely the uh, Civil Rights Act of 1960. I think it's 64. Or was, it, was it 67? Uh, I'm specifically referring to, I think, Title IX or whatever that protected women's rights. If you change the definition of woman to a social construct, then you delete from the law books women's right. protections mm. under the law. Yeah. Or the definition of, of vaccine. That's another one that, of course, also changed definitions. There's a lot of changing definitions in this kind of new Orwellian word play that I think a lot of people are playing into because they understand that if you're able to change the meaning of things, you're able to manipulate them in your own favor. And the people who control a lot of the language also, of course, do do, do this with big tech social you guys, media. You want to know what Sam you want to you know one of the best amendments, though? It's that, uh, what is it? In suits at common law where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of a trial by jury shall be preserved. And no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. 20 bucks. That's a lot of money back then. I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the National Firearms Act when they first passed it. They're like, $200 to buy a Tommy gun. And they're like, nobody will be able to afford that. Back then, they couldn't afford right. it. Now it's like, oh, $200 so that you can get your So I, I just want to point out, I love that, that point as the Federal Reserve backfired horribly on the gun control people. Yeah. Uh, Sam Adams, how strangely will the tools of a tyrant pervert the plain meanings of words tyrants have always used language to true. pervert the plain meanings of Very words true. to turn it around to their advantage and that's yep. exactly what the left does with the second amendment mm -hmm. you were talking about uh the paradox of oh, or assault the rifle 
wanting to be left alone or wanting the the anti-federalists saying we don't want laws we don't need these laws so why write them down but then they had to write down laws to protect their ability to not have to live it's kind of like libertarianism in general they want to be left alone but in order to do that you have to create laws that guarantee your ability to be left alone correct that's yeah and that's why i don't venture into the anarchist thing that and they want to sell heroin to five-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> oh so you think is, is anarchism like a sect of libertarianism of course that's like extremist well oh uh, no an anarchists no. i agree with a lot of what they have to say just you know not the heroin anarchy means without authority yeah that right. seems like an extreme position no rulers to me. Yeah. because yeah. you without a federal authority or without some sort of is overarching it really break, all that extreme it's just, it's just gonna, mob rule make me stand up for the anarchists tonight yeah i don't really yeah. thank anarchy, you finally anarchy exists all around us in many ways i mean the free yeah. market itself is anarchy Literally, the black yeah. market itself is anarchy anarchy is all around us and you know in, in nature and in, in many ways yeah. the internet to some degree at least it was you know it was Used very anarchic yeah, right? yeah but it doesn't but, doesn't mean without order but let's be real i mean there's too many people and somebody's got to work at mcdonald's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> The world needs ditch diggers too, our friends. So. No, but, but you made a good point. You know, majority of our lives is without central controllers, is without government, and things you know figure themselves out. You know, things don't go chaotic, things don't go crazy. There's even entire populations in Mexico's with entire cities that got rid of their governments and they're living a life that that's right. a lot more peaceful than it was with the government. This is specifically mm -hmm. the city of Chiron. Uh, tens of thousands of people living peacefully together, and when they got rid of the government, they also got rid no, of the drug cartels. The they also got rid of the police. I, I, the I get it. I get it. I, I understand, but if if people really get rid of government, then how do I exploit them to steal from them? Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, when you, Thank the, you. With the free, you mentioned the, the free market as anarchy. I don't agree because I think that it's the people with all the money or the richest that are controlling the market and deciding, especially the banking establishment, Bank of International Settlements. Yeah, but but why are they, why are they rich? They're rich because the government gave them an upper hand. Well, because they were born they gave them it. an advantage. They made sure that companies got got you know in a situation that an average person couldn't get into. And this is why we have such big monopolies when it comes that's to why, big tech that's social why media. Big Corporations hate free markets. They yes. hate capitalism. And they want more taxes. Yes. It's also Mark, because Mark Zuckerberg is the biggest advocate for regulating social media. Why? Because he knows that okay. he's going to he's going to write the laws. The auto industry and the banks should have collapsed. And then yep, something agreed. could have emerged in their wake to to fill the hole, and it yes. would have functioned better. But yep. instead, the Bankruptcy government in, the government part. intervened. They they printed money that diluted our savings to prop up failures. Yeah. So, Correct. And, so and we could have had a better fallproof system that actually worked to everyone's benefit. But we don't have that. We have another system that's going to collapse soon and impact mm. everyone that much more negatively because we keep propping right. up and being welfare queens to big yes. corporations Ian, Ian, that are truly heart, calling the, the shots here. But the heart of the evil at this is always the Federal Reserve. When, when we lost the control over the power of money that is when we yeah. lost our freedoms because money was always was not a creation of governments initially right we we had money before we had governments means of exchange mean it was always a voluntary means of exchange but once we once we created this public private venture in the federal reserve we mm -hmm. gave away all of our autonomy because it is the power to print the power to print is the power to destroy the power to print is the power to control the power to print is it's the central power over all of us the federal reserve is to me the issue i know that you know we have other issues education and things like that mm. but ending the federal reserve would probably be the greatest most revolutionary liberation liberating act 
in in American history. Well, we've done it twice. I agree. And we need to do it again. And they put it Jackson is, on the 20. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree it's a problem. The late 1800s, the free banking era, the Scottish free banking era, the, the, the monetary anarchy of the not-so-wild west of the late 1800s in Grover, but Cleveland. It was the, a gilded age. They call it the age of robber it, barons. It wasn't, and that's yeah, when you have prosperity. That's this, the problem. But it was the gilded age. It was a golden era of American but history. It, it wasn't... It wasn't the left wants us to it was, wasn't free. It was still... You were still run by robber barons. Vanderbilt controlled... He decided if New York was going to get food or not. And that was... So we had to create antitrust laws and we needed government because an economy absent of government is chaos and whoever's born into the money controls the economy. <sighs> if I had another hour and a half uh, to go into this, uh, you know, they call them robber barons. Uh, I prefer to think of them as benevolent philanthropists. These, these, Actually, men, these men did so much. Not only did they do philanthropy with the money that they had, and they're still buildings, you know, to Car you know, Carnegie, Carnegie in, yeah. in New York to, to these say. great men of our society. But, you know, you shouldn't tarnish their, their image by believing the leftist histrionics on this because this was a great time of American prosperity. Right, the tail end of the Industrial Revolution and the height of the pro Progressive Era as it came in to, mm -hmm. to the late 1800s, the early 1900s was one of the greatest periods of American history. It was when we had one of the freest immigration systems. Sorry, Trumpers, but it was it was a time of American free market capitalism, freewheeling free market capitalism. The best place, the best uh, uh, resources that you can get on this would be the not so wild west. You can get that from Mises, uh, and you can also read. Um, on the Great Depression, you want to go to fee.org, Foundation for Economic Education, FEE.org, and the myths, uh, read the myths of the Great Depression. Because we used to have recessions, and, and we used to have bankruptcies. Banks used to go bankrupt. If a bank was issuing funny money or phony money, doing the Federal Reserve is doing, they would go bankrupt. Yeah, it used to right? mean something. Yeah, it used to mean something, right? And you'd have liquidation and you have competition. You know, why do we have banks, one bank setting the interest rate for the entire country? We're all suffering. You know, I was talking to my, my old sensei down in Old Town, uh, he wants to buy uh, a dojo because he's getting forced out of his he's getting forced out of his dojo and the, he can't because the interest rates and what they are but that's uh, one small group uh, of of central bankers deciding that but you could have competition you could actually have a money market account that you would make money off of if we didn't have a monopoly power but it's the it's the communist revolution that has taken over in this country we have instituted the not only have we instituted the planks of the communist manifesto but we've also instituted the german workers you know party of the 1920s i won't say their name we've instituted a lot of their planks as well here but the, the it is the control of money and credit that is the, the that it is the evil insidious mm -hmm. power that controls us all and prevents us from really instituting the kind of free market capitalism that would lift those people that you're talking about out right. of poverty. They would have more options. They didn't like a bank, they would be able to go down to the bank next door. Bank now, of America couldn't cancel, or you know, JP Morgan Chase couldn't cancel. Now, Kanye, oh, 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 right? let's, let's talk about war. Uh, let, let's say we get a decentralized, very anarchic system. Not, not completely, maybe it's very, very libertarian. Um, banks are failing and then new ones are emerging. What about, say, communist China? Very, very centralized, very authoritarian, very expansionist. We ignore it. What happens when a Soviet bloc or communist, Chinese Communist Party style thing starts creating a unipolar world under their footprint? Uh, do you want to let me answer that? Yeah. Okay. Could, yeah. So, so uh, you know, communism, you know, has shown that in the short term it can have power and it can have strength, right? But capitalism has won out in the long term. The the mistakes that the neoconservatives made, the people under Bill Buckley and Ronald Reagan, is that they believed that in order to beat communism, that we had to adopt 
tenets and planks of communism, right? They, the, the, what was the space race and the missile race, the arms race between the United States and Russia. This was the belief, they, they believed that capitalism had failed to provide the United States with the type of military strength that was necessary to defeat communism. But if you look at any economic measure of Russia, it wasn't necessarily the spending on the space race or on the arms race that bankrupted Russia. Russia was failing on its own accord and it was a, a yeah. Potemkin villages that were all across Across Russia, you know, for decades, you know, their economy was always on the verge of collapse. Now, the neoconservatives thought that by spending more that they would tip them over, they ended up being right. But I wouldn't say that one necessarily one correct fact doesn't prove an entire theory. Mm. You know, free market capitalism, is it a perfect system? No. Is it a better system than communism? By any standard or measure. So totally. so can communism show its strength in the short term? Sure. You know, if you force people, it's like, you know, Mussolini got the trains running on time, but where did he end up, right? Hanging in a, you know hanging alongside his mistress. Doesn't end well for you. Specifically no. also when you look at China, a lot of people are saying, look at all the centralization. Look how, you know, Justin Trudeau's like, it's amazing how they could control their economy oh, just yeah. at a coin. What, what did he say exactly? I he forgot the it, exact he term. He like he admired the fact that they had so much control over their economy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, can yeah. sit on a throne of bayonets, but not for long. But, but, but at the same time, we have to understand, China's dealing with their own unique problems. Even though yes. Justin Trudeau is looking at them like, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. This is this is amazing. Bill Gates is complimenting them. They're still dealing with a major housing crisis, with the mm -hmm. major infrastructure yes. crisis, yes. a major national resource uh, crisis, and their a population crisis, uh, a currency COVID. crisis, and and their society yeah. is literally at the brink of, of oh, collapse for sure. For sure. because of the centralization and not allowing individuals to be free and creative and mm -hmm. to solve the problems that the central controllers are creating. Are creating. So again, it's all the day. You it know? all comes down to one thing, though: government is completely irrelevant with culture. So if you had, uh, let me tell you, you want to know how communism could work? If every single person, every single person within your country, Doesn't a eat. communist government, agreed ideologically on the core principles and tenets and, 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 and ideology. So let's say you had, let's say you have a million fundamentalist Christians who all follow the Bible to the T, defer to their religious scholars and theologians for advice. You are going to function very, very well. But the only problem is that's idealistic, not realistic. So invariably what happens is communists say, we can do it as long as everyone just follows the rules. Right. And then someone comes in and says, but Premier, 17% of the population won't. I have an idea. Let's kill them. Yeah. And <laughs> then the that's what you end up getting, the psychotic yeah. authoritarian dictatorship. You will never achieve 100% ideological conformity. So there needs to be a system. I think we've done a really great job in the United States of allowing people of different ideas to kind of come together. But there is an outer limit. At a certain point, mm. you spread so thin, you end up with activists defending conservative Islam in the same breath as LGBTQ education. And then you end up with protests between those groups who are completely at odds with each other. At a certain point, ideologies cannot function under the same umbrella without conflict without fighting. Yeah, we need more umbrellas. That's for sure. Like this one person <laughs> represents 70,000 people. 700,000 700, people. 770,000 people. The number's insane. <laughs> one person represents themselves. Yeah. I can't represent Luke effectively. There's no way. And, and, it's Luke. And one of the main reasons we're facing such big problems here in the United States is because of the centralization, is because of this banking system, because of all the people saying, 
I am on top of the government. I have all this power. I have all this influence. It's all for me, 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 me. The individual can't solve their problems because there's too much regulations. There's too much taxes. There's too much bureaucracy in the way standing between the monopolies that are being propped up by the federal government because normally people would say, hey, I don't want to be banking at J.P. Morgan Chase that's financing Jeffrey Epstein. Hey, I don't want to be participating in this larger system. I want another system that works for me better and doesn't create more problems. But now we have a lot of problems because of that central. So here's another paradox for you, Luke, and I yeah. wonder what you think about this, right? So Ian, you know, talked about the the representation, right? One person representing 700,000 people, right? So in order to help aid decentralization, should we increase the House of Representatives size in order so that people are more represented, a fewer amount of people per representative? Do you think it's a good idea? Would that actually help our liberty? by sending more Congress people to Washington. I haven't thought about it in a long-term perspective. Yeah. Automatically, my knee-jerk reaction is, hell no. <laughs> no, 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 hell no. no. I, don't want, I don't want any of that. <laughs> but but I haven't thought about the long-term consequences, right. and it's a big hypothetical well, well, question. Well, well here's, here's something, right? If we, I think we would have, what, like 7,000 members of Congress if we scaled for population. Mm-hmm. So if more bureaucrats isn't going to do it, what if we whittled everything down to a lower to a, to a smaller and smaller number until maybe there was like one person who just ran things for us, and then instead of having to deal with elections, we just like their kids took over once they died, <laughs> and then that family could just deal with the responsibility. What would that be like? Yeah, what would that leaders. Be? <laughs> We'd end up with Meghan Markle. I think. But what if I got a better idea? What if we we create an idea of, of government that that is called a, a representative a, a democracy, but in reality, secret corporations behind the scenes and bank. <laughs> really control all the shots and and we we give people a per, this pretend ability that that they actually have a voice and they actually that their vo- vote actually matters and then actually we just do whatever the hell we want which is exactly what the hell is happening right now this was the plutonomy report that we talked about a little while ago came out a long time ago that basically powerful interests control the economy and the government and the opinion of the public is meaningless they did a study they found something like if public opinion is like 100% in favor of an idea, it won't matter about the bill being passed. So it's yes. only yep. when 60% of like the wealthiest individuals support an idea does it become law. Mm. Exactly. And it's all a scam. And when you look at what the government's doing right now, they're not upholding the Constitution. They're doing whatever they want. They're taking brute force. Anyone standing in their way, they either get thrown in jail, they get audited by the IRS, or they get totally screwed over where they don't even have the ability to speak on social media. Another paradox, though, but Tim, you've identified something there when you talk about it. When 60 percent of the wealthy and the powerful people uh, have an idea then only and only then can it become law i mean wasn't the constitutional convention just the wealthy elites of the united states gathering together in secret putting together a document that would govern yes, all of us yes and here's the best part in some of these state conventions they weren't even legitimately elected by the state it was people in the state who agreed with independence who elected someone to go down and the people who weren't in favor of it had no idea hmm. so it is fascinating but you, you know look if uh, constitution, w- no authority, it, right? Luke? The, who, who said, well, I mean, it was Plato that, you know, um, the penalty for failing to be involved in politics is to be ruled by the ignorant mm-hmm. or something. That by your inferiors. By your inferiors. Mm-hmm. So for the people who cared and paid attention and were saying we need to, to fight this problem and they got active and they set the standard, well, yeah. then good for them. That's yeah. the people who fight, the people who participate. And that's what our government really was supposed to be. Right. And that's why we have an electoral college. You know, have you ever been an elector? Have any of you ever been electors? Yeah, so no. so I, I went through the process to become an elector for Ron. Paul in New York, and you have to go through a series of processes in order to actually become a person who is going to be allowed to vote. 
And I like that, right? So the Democrats talk about, you know, oh, we need to reduce barriers to voting. I don't agree with that. I like the idea that the people who show up to vote on issues are the most informed, they're the most educated, they're the most involved. The the, the people who only show up to vote once every four years are not dictating to the rest of us how things should be. You should have to show Mm -hmm. up at council meetings. You should have to put your name down on a piece of paper. And government should go to those who show up. Yeah. You think so, that we should so be able to service, vote online? Uh, service guarantees citizenship. No. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> I, I'm not entirely opposed to that. I'm not entirely opposed to the idea that being able to govern that you have to participate or to perform some form of public you're service. You're familiar with Starship Troopers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I The think, only good bug is a dead bug. But I, <laughs> right. I think the idea is actually very much worth exploring. I wouldn't say I'm definitive on it. Mm-hmm. The idea that service guarantees citizenship. Basically, everybody gets full constitutional rights. But if you want to vote in the system, you have to have provided some kind of service, be it community service, military service. Just contribute. Just contribute. Yeah. So a lot of people think that phrase means military. No, no, no. It means you could be like a lifeguard. It's like yeah, you're a part of the system to help make it work. You can vote. But if community you're not watchman, involved. Police. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know? And if you're not involved in it, why would you be voting on what everyone else is doing? Right. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that's interesting because right now one of the problems we have is that Democrats absolutely rely on stupid people and exploiting stupid people. <laughs> Republicans, uh, f- for a while, did too. The Uniparty was one big machine that exploited the stupidity of, of, the, of the entire country. Maybe but ignorance, now, ignorant people. Ignorant yeah, people. Definitely. definitely a better way to phrase it. Um, now you have a rising faction, the, uh, uh, the children of the Ron Paul Love Revolution and others, who are paying attention, questioning what the government is doing, demanding answers as to why it's being done in their name, wondering where their money is going. And this is creating a very serious problem for Uniparty, but it's also creating a new faction of people who are like, mm. hey, maybe we shouldn't be invading foreign countries, wasting our money on this stuff. Maybe we should focus on ourselves. But then you very much have what the Democrat Party goes after, and that's people who don't pay attention and just do whatever they, they're told what they makes feel, them fit in. What they feel. Well, makes them fit in. Luke, yeah, you must have really true. loved watching the MAGA Trumpers destroy the neocons and seeing the new... Republican Party, because when you and I were activists for Ron Paul in New York City together from around 2008 to 2012, our greatest enemy were the neoconservatives. We were fighting against the Bushy Republicans. We were fighting against the David Frums. We were fighting against the Bill Crystals. And then Donald Trump came in and accomplished what you and I had been trying to do for years. And, and now we have the situation where maybe we don't agree always with the, the stated aims of MAGA Trumpers. You know, the populism does lend itself to a form of Republican socialism that you and I might not agree with. Yeah. Uh, but but isn't it fascinating now that like our opponents have, have shifted and that no longer the, the neocons are a shadow of what they once were. We're no, we're no longer worried about <laughs> and Mitt they, Romney. And they joined the Democratic Party. And they, yes, right. and what, where they came from, where they came right, from. Right, right. The neoconservatives came in from the, in the 1970s. I, I'm not going to say I wasn't entertained. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, but, but any kind of political infighting is always great to me because mm-hmm. when politicians and governments are fighting each other, they're not fighting the people, which mm-hmm. they're usually doing. But at the same time, you know, Donald Trump did put in John Bolton. John Bolton was also that right. key person that we were protesting yes. against. 
and standing up against because his his viewpoint was absolutely in, insane. Uh, mm-hmm. But but to to bring it back to the point that we were just discussing here, I, you know, we look at history 500 years ago and we look at people and we kind of think that they were backwards because they had a king and a monarch. I think from 500 years from now, we're going to be looking back at the people now and be like, these idiots believed in the presidential scam. Sure. I can't believe yeah. they they allowed them to get away with this and didn't have personal responsibility no, and live no, their on, lives to their own kind you. of no, destiny. No, hold on, hold on. Here's what's going to happen. In 100 years, we're all going to be brain-linked in Neuralink <laughs> in Mark Zuckerberg's Zuckerverse. We won't disagree. And then we're all going to be like, everything has always been good. Yes. Mark Zuckerberg has always been our leader. It's the Matrix. That's a little bit yeah. of a negative uh, visualization. <laughs> I like to be a little bit more of a uh, you know, positive, all right, uh, all positive right. person. Yeah. And, and I think we do okay. dictate our own reality with some of the thoughts that we create okay, in our okay, minds. Okay. And we should always be positive. All right. Let me, let me flip much this as we one can. then. It's 100 years, we're all floating around in our anti-grav boots with our brains connected to the Neuralink, praising the Zuckerverse, <laughs> when a ragtag group of Rudkowskians break into the main server farm for the Zuckerverse and take out the, 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 the main central server, and all of a sudden everyone just goes, ah, I'm free! And then all of the children of the Luke Rudkowski revolution are like, a great man brought us here. And they're holding a picture of an old man, Luke, smiling and giving a thumbs up. There Stop with go. the fighting. <laughs> Peaceful resolution and learn to respect other people and not hurt them and not steal from them. All right, if all right. we just had those two principles, life would be amazing. All right, then mm-hmm. here's what it is. It's 100 years. Everyone's floating around their Zuckerverse programs. And then a, a Redkowskian peacefully walks in and delivers a crystal. And the, and the Zuckerbergians are like, what's this? And then all of a sudden, a pulse of energy goes out, shutting the servers down. And everyone says, you have awakened us, Luke. You have saved us, and we are grateful, and everyone hugs. Listen, the Zucker lizards are not going to be in charge here, okay? Free humanity usually prevails, and if you look at human history, we have been making progressions. Progressions towards more liberty, more freedom, more decentralization. I think we need more of it, and I think when we have that, we have human progression. Luke, do you find yourself now like more in agreement and happier that the more Pat Buchananite-style Republicans, the populist Republicans, are more of the... Uh, of the majority of the Republican Party versus the neoconservatives, knowing, knowing, knowing that neoconservatives tend to agree with us libertarians on things like the war on drugs and on immigration, and that the uh, that the MAGA Trump like national conservative types do not agree with us on immigration. They do not agree with us on the war on drugs and and social issues and things like that. Do you find yourself you know happier now that the more Buchananites are the the upsurge that you can work with them more than like the Romneyites or the I, personally I'm not a fan of any politician. I think all of them should have their feet to the fire. I, I'm critical of all of them, and I, I, during the Trump era, I was very critical of them, and just like I am with anyone in power, because I think anyone in power always deserves scrutiny. Criticism, um, and and I think the more we do that, the better uh, government. But you're is. a market fundamentalist, right? Like I like I am, right? So we both believe in like the the free market, the unfettered free market. Power, I'm not as rigid in capitalism. my point of views. I'm a lot more flexible, especially when it comes to a case by case basis, right? Because I think it all depends on the current circumstances. Because when you look at immigration, you also got to factor in welfare. Right. You also have to factor in you know the tax system we have right now that's taking our money away and incentivizing so then, a lot so of this So then stuff. we can't legalize drugs because people might use welfare money to buy drugs then, right? Uh, no, that's a very, you know, that's a very kind of layered uh, I argument I there. I got you there, buddy. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying everything's by, by case-by-case basis. But, but at the end of the day, I, I think I always lean towards less government, less regulations, less taxes, yeah. uh, less centralization, less bureaucracy. I'm, less welfare, and less drug laws. I'm just, yeah. I'm just fascinated by the discussion on the right that is, you know, the abandonment of free market principles and the advocacy of many of these national conservatives. Look, 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 look. 
it just comes down to one thing. The right needs to understand the laws are meaningless. The culture is everything. And the example example I like to give is that you can have a law on the book like um, you can't protest at an abortion clinic and you can have another law on the book. You can't protest at a judge's house. But if your culture only enforces one thing, the laws are irrelevant. Right. What are we seeing? Mm-hmm. We had, I think, 12 or 11 or 12 pro-lifers arrested for protesting at an abortion clinic. None of the protesters at the judge's house got arrested. That's a cultural problem. I don't think that the laws are irrelevant, but I think I would agree with you that the culture is more important. I do think that the culture war is it needs to happen and we need to be at the forefront. Well, of it. I, and I'm glad that's why you're doing what I'm, you're doing. I'm, with, I'm just saying you know, that film and, if this whole country all completely agreed on cultural issues... You would have no crime. Yeah, true. But but because they well, don't, mm, starving. Maybe, maybe people. Don't know about that. Don't I'm know not. About I'm it. not. I don't mean quite literally. Yeah, I mean for less, the most for part, sure. crime would be dramatically gone. Like yeah. it would be. It would be. It would be minuscule. There would be acts of desperation. But yeah. the issue is, we don't view each other as neighbors, and it's a question of the, the the morals of the culture. If this if this entire country was staunchly Christian and conservative, like many of the more libertarian MAGA type Christians, then there'd probably be no crime. Everybody would be more fear uh, uh, again, lesser crime, lesser crime but yeah. to an extreme degree. Yes, definitely. So when you, when you, when if you, I'll put it this Without way: law, how Jack would you call it a crime? Well, well, it's not just that. If if everybody held the ideology of Jack Posobiec and his family, mm-hmm. you're going to have very little crime, if anything. People are going to work, and they're going to try to find ways to get along. Mm-hmm. I'm just using Jack. I'm using you as an example. Yeah, but if Jack was in desperate poverty and his family was suffering and starving and his children were starving, he'd probably steal food for his kids. No, because Jack's ideology is communal giving and support. He's in a position to be able to have that. And that means, uh, this is my point, if everybody agreed on how it should work, then you have a functioning homogenized system. I'm saying it's impossible. So, but, but the point is, Utopia. when right when, when this country has a, has a culture that to a great degree, like 80% is held by everybody, then you're going to have things where people are all basically in agreement and not arguing with each other. You're not going to have culture conflict. You're not going to have religious fighting and things like that because everyone... But you have to get rid of other people's religions. That would be a problem. Not, but, but get rid of if, it, if we're in a place like we are now, which is the challenge we face. What I'm saying is a long, long time ago, when you had very small tribes... They all agree with each other. As you scale and get bigger and add different ideologies to the mix, you start getting internal conflict. We have what's called interspecies conflict. It's culture shock. This is global culture shock. This mm-hmm. is what happens mm-hmm. when cultures mingle. And it all happened within tw- between like 20, 2007 to 2022. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing this massive yes. consciousness shock. God, yeah. yes, you're so right. Smartphones. Yeah, no, you're right. You, know, you, you come to conflict with people, you know, just by you know virtue of being around them and hearing their views, right? And it, people struggle with that. It's difficult. You know, when I came into D.C. from Missouri the other day, it was shocking to go from you know rural Missouri to Washington D.C. and to be into this culture. You have yeah. to shift your attitudes. You've got to get along with these people and interact with them in a way that they want to interact. When you go and buy something at a checkout line here, you better move fast. You better make your decision right away. But in Missouri, you can take your time. You can you can hear what they have to say, right? And and you have to, when you go to Missouri, you better get along with how Missourians are. Mm-hmm. So you're you're absolutely correct that this is an international culture shock. The internet has facilitated it, right? Mass communication, but also just mass travel. You know, a hundred years ago, it wasn't easy. For 
for people of our, you know, of modest means to be able to get in an Airbus and go around the world and travel together. So we are experiencing the long-term kind of ramifications of, you know, these face-to-face interactions that were not possible before, right? Like, because what Tim was saying with the tribes that all live together, they were homogenous, they all live together. But we live in a heterogeneous world, and we've all got to figure out a way to live together, not just here in the United States between ourselves, but internationally as well. And that's a problem. That's why there's conflict, and that's why there's war. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't believe in utopia, right? That literally means no place, yeah. right? So I don't think that there will ever be that situation, no, that there's the no point. crime. I, I, I don't even believe that, like you said, if, if most people you know, agreed on everything and had Jack Posobiec's views, that there would be no crime. I think you know, mental illness and other factors would involve people. Crimes of passion, crimes of passion but, but, cheating. But, but, but hold on. Obviously, I'm not saying there's not going to be deviation and Just fault. I'm less. saying there's sure. a lot of conflict bred by people who don't view each other as neighbors. Right. They don't view each other. It's they don't agree on morality. From, there there are people right. who believe children should get sex changes and people who don't. Yeah. If everybody agreed on the core issues, then your conflicts would be much would be minimal. Mm. They would exist obviously because mental illness I, exists and poverty exists, of course. Right. I, I just think people probably people are re- rebellious. People when, when like when I people just like oppositional defiance disorder. Like when when you're this, I want to be that. Right. I think that that's you know that it's kind of like our childish nature, right? Teenagers. But there's something yeah, there's something to that something to that, and a new culture would develop. You'd never be able to create a real monoculture because people want to create a culture within a culture. It's the reason why set Christ, different sects of Christianity exist, right? Because And because the, of the telephone game, everybody's going to interpret every, you know, what they so hear. The, it doesn't matter. We have more sources and availability of information, and yet we have more misunderstanding and dis, you know, disunderstanding. That's because you have evil people. True. Look, you, 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 you have people who intentionally lie to gain political power. They won't have conversations. They won't engage. They claim to be socialists, but they buy mansions, things like that. <laughs> and there's a lot of sociopaths. And where do right, the sociopaths true. usually the gather? Illness. At the largest positions of power. So I right. think this is why we, ha- we need to have less positions of power over everyone's life. Because but, at the end of the day, the government is looking at people and saying, you, the people, can't be trusted. Well, what's the government made of? The people of individuals who are not perfect, who shouldn't be trusted. And, of course, a high level of sociopaths, which are located in Washington, D.C., more per capita than anywhere else in Washington, D.C are the ones controlling your life telling you what to do no well, i don't want that. the paradox i have is i don't like uh representative democracy very much because you can't represent me properly i need to represent myself but i'm also uh concerned with mob mentality and mob rule because yeah, right. if we don't have people in charge then the mob can switch on a dime from an yes. internet video and go vote some crazy new murder and so like yeah. at what point do you have to or should you give over your authority to someone else right I don't think you. I don't think you should. I think you should be personally responsible for yourself. And I think well, grandma let, let can't. Things fall grandma with, can't always stay at the farm to make sure that nobody steals her chickens. So she's going to have to grant authority to the local police to be able to do something like mm. that for you. People are going to divest their authority to someone else, and the, there's always going to be that you know transfer of power from one person to another, and that's going to happen voluntarily, right? You know, the more voluntarily, the better. But I wanted to tell you a brief story about the early days of the internet. Some of you will probably know this. I bet you, Tim, you will. But talking about misinformation and disinformation, they found that the a way to prevent people from falling for fake news in the early days of internet forums was to actually create more fake news. And I wish that this would get more publicity because it was talked, they wrote about it in Wired Magazine because people would post when they would ask questions about how to, you know, install their sound card or modem or whatever. Put the wrong, you're saying to put the wrong, the wrong thing down. They would deliberately give the wrong information. They would flood the boards with Mm -hmm. disinformation because what they found was that the more disinformation, the more people adjusted to, Mm -hmm. to realize, 
I need to be skeptical and yeah. now I know that that I need to check my information before mm -hmm. I do it because mm -hmm. I know that that's out there. That's why I don't believe in internet censorship. That's why I think Alex Jones should be on Twitter. That's why I think, you know, anybody, uh, all more information is good, even disinformation, because people will naturally make mistakes. And, and that's learn from why them. they're getting rid of it. I yeah, think that that has diminishing, maybe diminishing return, because if a parent's like, I'm lying to you because I love you to teach you how to learn <laughs> to deal with lies. Like parents, like parents who tell their kids Santa's real, and then eventually the kid learns through being mocked by their friends Wait, that their parents real? lied to them and it made them a laughing stock. Yeah, that, that happened to me, that, and it didn't help. I, I, hear a lot of these, I hear a lot of these stories where parents, you know, tell their kids, Easter Bunny, Tooth Fairy, Santa, then they go to school, and eventually what happens is one group of parents determines five is too old to believe in Santa, another parent says seven is too old. That six-year-old then meets the, five, the other six-year-old, and, and they start making fun of him, saying, you're so dumb, you believe in Santa. We learned that a long time ago. The kid gets mad. It's my parents lied to me. And then they're going to be like, my parents play tricks on me for reasons I don't understand. So you got to be careful about these, these traditions, too. I see your point about learning how to discern between truth and lies, though. If you're never lied to, then how will you know if someone's lying yeah. to you? Or how will you even know lies can happen? Well, it's like one uh, amazing Randy, James Randy. Uh, he oh, used he's to great. Yeah, he used to participate in experiments where they, not experiments, but they would they would actually go to tribes in Africa and, and deliberately trick them, pretend to be witch doctors. And they did it in order to show them that, hey, the medicine men who come through here are just trying to screw you over. So they showed them the tricks mm. of the trade. Mm. Remember when they used to go and they would look like they were pulling out some yep. evil from their guts and things like that, they would go and show do these magic shows. And Penn and Teller did this all the time in order to to show that they were being fooled. I mean, Penn and Teller are probably the most famous for that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that there's value in that, in deliberately deceiving in order to inform and educate. I, I think that that's a legitimate strategy. But I also think that it happens by default. That's why you know disinformation online, misinformation, conspiracy theories, whatever it is, everything should be allowed as long you know other than perhaps threats to direct violence. I'm gonna kill you like if ethan had said no i'm going to put you in the camps or whatever to on uh, this day at on this time, time. <laughs> that becomes yeah. imminent when you yeah. specify a day and a time and a place yeah exactly but otherwise it, it should be anything goes in order that people might be educated yeah, like, right? i don't think ethan should be banned should be suspended for being a dick mm. i think you should i think it should be allowed <laughs> right he, he was being yeah. a dick though but you know, it's it's, and, and I'm not even that. I'm I not think even, he was trying to be funny, but he failed. Yeah, he I think like, he was trying to be I, funny, I, but it wasn't I, funny. I understand the point he was trying to make. Yeah. Yeah, I think sure. it was crude, and yeah. I think he should be allowed to say it. Sure. And it's and and look, I got to be honest. Like, I wouldn't boycott him over it. I wouldn't cancel him over it. I'd no. be like, come on, bro. And yeah. then I'd move on with my life. There's some weird people out there. My buddy Joe, who's with me tonight, was telling me about this Jewish friend of his, and she's like, I think Jews should be sent off. And 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 she, and he's like, Well, you are a Jew, and she's like, And I would be, I would round them all up, and I would be the last one to go. <laughs> She's like, what? No, no, I'm not kidding. You probably know who this person is, but I won't say the name. But I'm just saying that, like, you know, you ought to be able to post something like that. You ought to be able to say something like that because it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, the best thing is, here's the thing. The best way for us to know who the crazy people are is to let them say. Yeah, true How are we supposed to know who's crazy, who's a dick, who's a racist? I want to know. I want to know who's who. Let me tell you a story. It's like the bake the cake thing. Let me tell you a story. We want to know who the homophobes are. Let me tell you a story. Exactly. I went to Europe. And I was at a protest, I think it was for uh, Count Dankula or something. Hmm. And I was having a conversation about an individual in the United States. And I said, this individual has said racial slurs before. And this British guy goes, no, he hasn't. And then I was like, it was a passive comment. And I was just like, yeah, you know, when the dude goes on his show and starts saying X, Y, and Z, it's kind of like, you're going too far. And this guy goes, he never said that. And I was like, yeah, he did. 
I was like, it was like a big thing. They made a bunch of stories about it. They said he was pushing the boundaries. And he goes, BS, you made that up. And I grab my phone. I'm in London. And I Google it. Nothing comes up. And I'm like, what? Where's the story? I scrolled on the bottom and it said due to, you know, offensive posts or whatever, they've been removed. Hmm. And I'm like, yo, I can't even prove that this guy. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Said these things, and this guy thinks I'm lying about it now. Exactly. That's insane. The censorship actually helped the racist That's happened to me before too. Yeah, because they they pulled down posts and I'm like, hey, this guy was lying about this. He said this back in the day. And then they went and they pulled it and it's like, Damn, I can't prove that this is well, misinformation. Think, think about this real down. quick. Alex Jones, when he got banned, they didn't just silence him. They deleted everything he ever said on the platform. Right. So he apologies. can't even comply with discovery right now. But a bigger True. point to censorship, it helps out radical voices. It makes yes. people more radical, yes. more extreme than they would normally be. Because now to speak, they have to go to the far corners of the Internet mm-hmm. where all of this is is a safe space. And they just keep pushing and pushing, uh, you know, the, the, the envelope creating uh, niches. To, to, in niches to, yeah. to the crazy craziest point that they can if you really want to dispel it you counter it there's I mean, bad information I mean, you counter it with enemies. good information governments need enemies yeah. and that's why the whole like domestic terrorist white supremacist thing right they fashion it right that's why ray epps right they they, they fashion mm-hmm. it they have to fabricate it if they can't if if it doesn't come naturally it's like racism right the demand for racism has outstripped the supply for sure i think all right, all right. governments gonna... need opponents and opposition whether or not it becomes an enemy is kind of like we don't want it to become an enemy that's why we are our own opposition we're gonna go to super chats all right if you haven't already would you kindly smash the like button subscribe to this channel share the show with your friends Become a member at TimCast.com to support our work directly. I hope you're enjoying your Friday night. Let's read what we got. (laughs) Josh says, Alex Jones has to colonize Mars, then gift it to the families. (laughs) It's the only way. (laughs) Or, or, hold on, hear me out. Alex Jones could conquer France. Oh, my God. And then turn it over, you know. (laughs) You can just have France. (laughs) Canada. You got to take Canada. Mimic says, nonsense. If he isn't ordered to pay at least 11 to 17 gazillion dollars, there's obviously no justice in this country. He did an interview with Ping Trip, which looks like a fake interview. It's pretty well done. And he was like, why didn't they just do it quadrillion, man? I need to He didn't say man. That was me. Quadrillion. What are they waiting? Why? Why stop? Maximus Rita said, you defend Ethan's threat, not Kanye saying our word. I think both were crass and both should be allowed. It's not hard. Yeah. It's free speech. Yeah. Kanye. I actually, I think what Kanye said was funny, but it was (laughs) crass. But I also think it's going to get a lot of young people to vote against Democrats. Yeah. Did you see Pierce's face right after that? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Scruffy Knight says the gay cake issue mentioned last night is not complicated. Cakes are a works of art, especially custom. You cannot compel someone to make a work of art, especially with politics opposed by the artist. Simple as that. Hmm. I never liked that argument just because it sort of it, it legitimizes the law, like where the Civil Rights Act of 1964 is Title II, you know, uh, attempts to make these delineations right in terms of discrimination, because I really do think that it should just simply be a private property issue, not that we need to hmm. get into, oh, is this a work of art or that a work of art? Because what you're doing there is you're allowing the government to start to, you know, to make the delineation between between what is art and what isn't art. Hmm. Sure. 
Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, Tim, a year ago was members meetup. It was a good time. Luke went off on stage. Ian convinced me to be me and drop Turk Longwell. Shout out to everyone who was there. You still owe me $13 for name tags. <laughs> well, maybe uh, we'll do another members meetup soon and uh, we will get you back that $13. Let's do it. I, I loved it. It was great energy. It was fun. I remember I went on stage and was just like, ah, yeah. screaming. We jammed, played some music. <laughs> great Carter. idea with People the in the comments tags. are like, Luke, stop yelling. I never started yelling yet. <laughs> you don't get how, how crazy I could get. AI says, shirt idea for Luke. Where is James Gordon Meek? That is crazy. Yeah. Where is that well, guy? It's kind of what a serious. It? It's kind of a serious matter. He's I don't know if I want to profit him. off something like yeah, that. that I, I think we need to make you know. Well, hold on. Make the situation. Uh, you know. Wait, 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 wait. Hear me out. It's James Gordon Meek with Joe Biden with his hands over his shoulder, leaning sniffing in, him. sniffing him, and James looking <laughs> over like you know, like too early, too, too early. early. <laughs> let's let's find him first. Let's find out what happened to him first before making any kind of T-shirt, please. Well, all right then. All right. Idiosyncrasy Media Group says, I was inspired by you guys to make something new. For the last year, I've been teaching myself how to animate so I can animate an original TV show. It's called Who Killed Mr. Jones? Today, we released the theme song and launched a Kickstarter for it. Nice. Cool. Kudos. I had a, I had a, I had a joke I wanted to do with Seamus, but, but it was just too hard to do. And it was um, Alex Jones and me. You know the song by, by Counting Crows, Mr. Jones? I know it well. I was just like, that <laughs> song. Jones in me. Tell each other fairy tales. It's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the problem. The song is wild and all over the place. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if Seamus ever did it, but like the the uh, writing lyrics to it was just weird to try and sing because the song's weird it as is it odd, is. Yeah. I could definitely sing it. I know it very well. Go ahead. Right now? Go. Uh, <laughs> down, down up in New Amsterdam. Does your hair girl, Mr. Jones, struggles of a conversation. Black Jones hair. And me. Computer's on the fritz. I have no she idea. She dances what? Computer just spazzed out. That was weird. That was, that was seems me, like Ian, singing. Bringing the energy. Yeah, as soon as Ian started singing, the computer just started fritzing out. I'm telling you, electric. we are electric beings. That was wild. <laughs> we are? Yeah, yeah that was, just, I lost control of the computer yeah, completely. Power cycle. How you like weird. me now? It's probably the government taking it over. And how is that? <laughs> yeah, knows, it, it was man. me channeling God's spirit energy, and it'll keep happening, and it'll keep getting more powerful. So be prepared. Is that a, Get is a that Faraday a, cage. God. Is that an imminent threat? No, no. I'm just letting you know ahead of time. Oh. <laughs> the life of D says, "Isn't this against the Eighth Amendment? Cruel and unusual punishments." Ian singing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that didn't sound like crap on this mic, man. <laughs> it was fine. It was all right. <laughs> It was horrible. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Samuel Brucker says they dignify Alex Jones by making him a nation. That's right. He has to pay the GDP of France. Okay, I feel like they okay. were definitely saying that with the, the finger next to their mouth like this, yeah. doing the Dr. Evil. Mm. Says. Tommy Tampon says, I want to be a subscriber for 80 years. Tim cast at $1,000 a month, but I heard Ian was a conservative, so I can't. Oh, no, that's twice now. Wow, <laughs> wow. that's a lot of money there. That's a lot Piling of money up lost. Mm. Yeah, it's a couple million dollars added, right there. Added to the totals. All right. Teddy Henkelman says, Yo, Tim, my family and I are traveling to Arkansas from Illinois for my lady's birthday, and we decided to listen to you live. Can you give Sarah a shout-out? Shout-out, Sarah! Sarah! Thanks for watching the show. We have a chicken named Sarah. She's a good chicken. She's a Brahma. Happy birthday. She got sick, but she's okay. We have more information on Roberto Jr.'s mom, Katerina. She had cancer. We were worried it was uh, Merrick's disease or something it's called. Turns out it was just typical old cancer. Yeah. Took poor Katerina at a very young age. It was in her egg sac. And, uh, you know, a sad it story. Stress? 
No, no, she jumped by the boys. No, she said cancer. Sometimes it happens, man. Um, We got the chickens checked out. Like, everything's good. The other chickens are fine. But, you know, she had uh, one son. I think she only had one kid. It's Roberto Jr. So we're really worried now. And we're going to, we're probably going to, we want to make sure we don't lose her genetic line. So we got to make sure that Roberto Jr. has many children. Hmm. Yeah, he's got to be a dad soon. So we have to wait a little bit because it's it's only October. So we probably have to wait until mid-December to start incubating a batch of eggs. But uh, Roberto Jr. is going to have a lot of babies. And then Katarina will live on through her son. There you go. Chickens. They'll live forever. Aaron Heiner says, are you going to talk about Steve Bannon being sent to, uh, sentenced to four months in prison? We Man, did. we really just kind of went off. Right. So There's going to be no way to split this out of the today. founding fathers tonight. Well, luckily, we didn't get into the roads. It was close. It almost <laughs> happened. Man, we should, dude. Because that's what the Vanderbilt problem of the robber barons is. He could just shut off access from... To New York City because he owned the railroad. Right, right, Luke, right. are you going to go as Roads for Halloween? <laughs> I, I could. That's a good. I, I already have a costume now. <laughs> wait, 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 check this out. Jonathan Lenneberg says two point seven five trillion is more than double what Poland demands in reparations from Germany's World War II actions. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wow. <laughs> That's so wild, dude. Yikes, man. Brandon Hampson says Robert Downey Jr. should come back to the MCU as the new Black Panther. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it. All right. Honka Tonk says, speaking from a chill voting for Obama back in the day vibe, the establishment has evolved, dudes. Mm. That is true. Yes, it has. Let's grab some more super chats. Paul Sikora says, OJ Simpson had to pay $33.5 million for the deaths of two people. And Jones has to pay in the hundreds of millions for saying some stuff. This Biden inflation, man. <laughs> that explains it. That explains it. Good one, Paul. Ian Kinney says, how do I put in a uh, put in a bid on the flooring for the new place? I do tile, LVP, laminate, hardwood, carpet. Will travel just give me a couch to crash on? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, we have, we have a guy, uh, unfortunately, for Ian. Sorry. We have a, a guy who handles everything for us. He's a, he's a, he's a builder. What kind of floors are you going to put in there? You got ideas? I, I don't, like, I don't know what there refers to. We're talking about Fridamistan? Yeah. The, the concrete. The, the, the studio room is going to be a carpeted floor like normal, yeah, but the ground floor is just going to be smooth concrete. I, I don't know if we're going to seal it. I've been advised by the skate park company not to seal it, but I love sealed ground. So I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. uh, I like it when it's so slippery, you're slipping around. Why so. not sealed? Just because slippery well, people so, slip? No, because if, when you're skating, you spin around like crazy. It's hard to get a grip, but I, I actually like it. I like being able to do like a backside flip and then whoosh really fast or like you the do your 60s by spinning around. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, totally. I like it. Makes it and your board lasts longer. Mm, that's true. So I'm like I don't I don't know and and the concrete will last way longer if we you seal it. You don't raise your tail over as fast nearly as fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, this guy knows what I'm talking about. I don't like it. I can't hit the punching bag. <laughs> Keeps like slipping all the time. Oh, <laughs> you got to get those rubber shoes. What? What do you mean? Yeah, in, in, the, in the in the park in in the garage. That's the garage skate park. Oh, okay. It's unsealed in there. Just oil, probably leftover oil from it's yep from the cars. Right. So it is super slippery in there, though. That is an issue. So it's one, hyper slick. One thing we did was you put a can of Coke in a mop bucket full of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. You mop it down, yeah. and then you get a little stick. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, uh, I think Brett prefers it that way, and I don't, I don't skate in the garage all that often. I'm usually skating outside, so. You mm-hmm. got a punching bag in your garage? Yeah. yeah. You guys do martial arts in here? Yeah. Uh, I skate. This guy Luke does. fights. I do kickboxing. Dude, let's yeah. do some, let's fight later. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got gloves, pads. Hey, we can live stream it and raise money for charity. That'd it's Friday night fights, guys. Let's do sanctioned. it. Sanctioned. Yeah, sanctioned event. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the rest of us will skate. 
So yeah. you guys can, we'll skate around you. You, you guys could do your ballerina on ice. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Will Cybernaut says, Ian, you made a mistake. I love you. Please don't double down. That was in reference to the Ben Shapiro thing. Hmm. Uh, oh, the Ethan Klein wanting to bond with Ben. Yeah. 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 Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, I feel like Biden now. Ian just broke my brain. <laughs> it's not you, your fault. Why don't, you, why don't you feel like Fetterman? Is there a reason why? Mr. Man. John Fetterman. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe people would consider voting for that guy. Yeah, me either. Honestly, some of the stuff that he says, I'm like, all right, it's not as bad as the GOP is making it out to be. Well, did you see the, send me to Washington, D.C. to fight, I could, to work for work. Yeah, no, no, he's definitely got the Biden dementia thing going yeah. on. But like some of the criminal justice reforms that he's proposing. Oh, yeah. No, it's no. like the GOP is like, oh, he wants to release these people who are nonviolent criminals. Yeah, and but like, he did He did advocate for convicted murderers. And now one guy's actually being charged with murder. I again. know, I know. Like, he's a Democrat, <laughs> so he's going to, you know, every once in a while, but a Democrat is, poops out. A, I, a I saw idea. I saw Cernovich uh, retweeted um, something about Tim Ryan. I think it was Cernovich. Forgive me if I'm wrong. Uh, Tim Ryan wanting to release prisoners. But then the first thing Ryan brings up, the only thing was getting marijuana off the off schedule one. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, okay, well, I agree with that. Yeah, it's a good one. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to pretend to hate Tim Ryan because he's a Democrat. I, I think right. we should get marijuana off schedule yeah. one. Yeah, that's always painful because, like, the Republicans still hold on to that stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Still campaigning on that stuff. It's like, oh, it's, that fight is over. Pro-clutching. I think yeah. we got to yeah. pro-clutching. Frame the, it as, like, like, lift the prohibition on marijuana. It's been yeah, 100 years. That's a good way to As opposed target. to make it legal. Get, make it legal. Lift the prohibition. Then, it's not and then, working. And then they're like, oh, then, then next they're going to want to legalize shrooms. And we're like, yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, we do. All right. Mimic says, to quote the great philosopher from Animaniacs, the brain once said, lies are just facts that haven't been repeated enough yet. Oh, that's mm. some dark stuff. But that's basically the, the quote. If you repeat a lie enough, it becomes a fact. Mm -hmm. That was it's a Nazi party right. claim. Yeah, I think man, Goebbels. brain was dark. Semi-fascist. Yeah. You know what I liked about Pinky and the brain, though? The brain was a really evil little mouse, but he really did care for Pinky. He did. Oh, that's, yeah. that's true. You, whenever Pinky got really hurt, the brain would get really like sad and scared and worried about his friend. Even genocidal maniacs have love. That's right. I mean, he, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. Did the brain want to kill everybody? He just wanted to, he just wanted to rule the world. He just wanted to rule okay. the world. Yeah. Just a maniac. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't genocide. Megalomaniac. Not genocide. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Bill Gates now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Killian Chapman says, Jones shows a precedent that true Americans will need to do a lot peaceful fighting to maintain our natural rights, mm -hmm. such as voting this uh, November 8th. I love the show. I've been watching since 2019 when I was shown the corruption. That is corruption indeed, man. Yeah. Corruption indeed. Okay. What do we have here? Brian... Turstiniak says, hey, Tim, big fan here. As much as I want it to be true, Jill Biden was not booed at the game. That was a fake video. Ooh. Officer Tatum proved it to be false. I like that you're factual. So the other day, someone mentioned this to me, and I was looking at some videos where I heard the booing, and then I saw that it was reported definitively by several outlets, and so I rolled with it. But um, I've heard this more and more. I found a different video showing there was no booing. I'm not sh So I think it may be, it may be correct if the video was fake. I just need to go in and, and, and verify, and then I'll put an update on the video I did from earlier in the week, because if it's we a fake video, it. it's a fake video. Because, so, yeah, mainstream outlets had been reporting it as fact. Exactly. Yeah, the New York Post ran it saying Jill Biden booed. Mm -hmm. I wonder if what happened was she was booed, but someone made a fake video. Like right. enhancing the boo? Exactly. Right, or, or putting a fake boo over it to make it sound really loud yes, exactly. when it was actually just like a marginal booing. Right. I think what ended up what ended up happening was several outlets fact checked it and said, while it's true, people there probably were booing her. These videos aren't real, and mm. it's like, oh, okay. Was anyone at the game in the chat? Anyone was there? 
Let us know. Maybe. Let's grab some more Super Chats. Paul Blackburn says, I'm beginning to think the reason why the rebels knew about the second Death Star was because James O'Keefe was able to get a stormtrooper to talk. He's great. <laughs> oh, that, was act- that actually would be a really great sket. That's a good, good yeah, James got to yeah, do yeah, some more of that stuff. Yeah. Like a Veritas like, infiltrates the Death Star. They, yes. they have like a secret camera, and then you have like a stormtrooper silhouette being like, Princess Darth Vader is planning it, to blow up it's a job in four. But, then, but, then have, but it'd be like Princess Leia, all sexy, like getting the stormtrooper to talk. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, you have no idea the amount of planets we're going to blow up, man. <laughs> Tell me more. Yavin four is totally That's so impressive. Oh my god, you guys are going to attack the Revel base on Hoth? No. And Ewoks are disgusting little creatures. Like, and he's racist. <laughs> I got to say, like, Veritas could do a bunch of funny skits like That'd that. That'd be good, yeah. Project Veritas could do a Breaking Bad thing. All right. Hayden says, the Constitution is divinely inspired document. Mm. It is a beautiful social compact. The social compact has been violated by one side. The Constitution is not a suicide pact. If they use it against us or f- uh, and for their protection, there is a massive issue. Hmm. Hmm. I would love to break this barrier of them and us because, I mean, honestly, we have government you, for the people, by the people. We're all involved in this. Why can't we all just get along? Track media only, says Luke. Local judges ignoring the Constitution is exactly why you can appeal to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. If you divorce, as it means, you lose that. We've lost the balance, and divorce doesn't get that back. That's what I was trying to tell him. Track media only. There we go. That's my boy. Uh, again, that's, that's like one little uh, argument over, of well, course, the big centralized. But with that, you have the Department of Education. You have the ATF. You have you have the IRS. You want all of that, or you want your little, little judges? I, I think the judges should be okay, localized. The, the, anarchist so, yeah. says, the anarchist says the, the Constitution has either authorized the current form of government that we have or been powerless to prevent it. But I like to say that the anarchist movement has either authorized the form of government that we have or been powerless to prevent it. Hmm. I don't think so. I, I think when we have small individual actions like homeschooling, uh, people arming themselves, uh, uh, people making their own food, uh, people become independent, that's actions of anarchy that, that are promoted paradox, that Luke. do push out a government paradox, and make government paradox. irrelevant because people don't need to be dependent on government and make it less uh, you know, dependent on everyone else. Okay. <laughs> Anarchy is correct. Frank says, Minarchism is the best. Ben Franklin yes. had it right. The government that governs best governs least. Amen. No minarchism. I, like, I like the Reagan one. What is it? Uh, no scarier phrase than I'm from the government. I'm here to help. Yes. yes. That's my Halloween costume this year. I got a shirt that says that. I'm here to help. Yeah, no, it says government. Just oh. government. And then I'm gonna I'm gonna go around that night and say I'm here to help. You really want to scare people? Just walk around dressed up like an IRS agent, knock on the door, and <laughs> oh god, that trick would or be treating. a great costume. Yes, yeah. That's, that, that, that'd be the scariest thing for any adult answering the door, and you'd be like, I'm not trick or treating. Yes, and no, they'll you, go. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no. You can get my government shirt at my AP for Liberty shop. You can say yeah. I'm one of the 87,000 new uh, hires, and I'm here to talk to you about your finances. <laughs> oh no. Just kidding, just kidding. It's Halloween. Were you scared? It was scary, right? You got to be practically scary, man. I like the IRS thing, though. That's good. That would be really good. Mm -hmm. Good costume. Tangent says, shout out to Ian. After countless hours of talking, recognizing that quote didn't sound like something you'd say is amazing, how passionately you conveyed it feeling off was the reason I dug into it. Tangent's the one, of course, who found out it was nice. They brought it up, yeah. Well, the, the fact that you're like, I don't say the word folks. Yeah, I don't. I don't use that word. I don't it's like, like he, it. He James Lindsay it. actually came on the show and explained how it's like. I don't know if it's communist propaganda. There's it's it's like a it's like a seeded into our language somehow. I don't know if Obama did it intentionally. What are you saying about Seamus? 
that he's a racist. <laughs> I'm not saying that he's. A, I'm not saying Seamus is a racist. No, I love Seamus actually. <laughs> Anthony Jones says, Tim, maybe the aliens have hope for humanity because of shows like this. Ian, we need more info on radar manipulation. Luke, love wearing my Emperor Fauci shirt to our guest, Rock Chalk Jayhawk Goku. What is go that? Go KU, I think. Go KU. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was Goku, like K like K Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, that's for sure. Oh. Go KU. Goku. Yeah. yeah go okay, Q. that's funny. <laughs> if you really want to learn about uh, radar manipulation, look up Talking Plasma, and you might be able to find something for Military Times. M I Z. Matt says Peterson has it totally backwards. Federalist opposed centralized power, and Hamilton was the worst. He was the first neocon along with Washington and Adams. The Constitution is objectively lacking. Look where we are. What? The the fed, the anti-federalists were the ones who opposed centralized power. That, that's like what it means. Yeah. Anti-federalist? Right. Anti-federalists. They were against the central federal, federal government. government. They were against the creation of the Constitution. The federalists were the ones who wanted to create the Constitution. But I thought, and the I thought it was Bank. the anti-federalists that wanted the Bill of Rights. Yes, but they yeah. didn't. Well, they didn't want the Bill of Rights. They wrote the Bill of Rights because they're like, we know we that you guys are going to write the right. Constitution yeah, and you're going to write the laws. We need to slip this in here to make sure we still have mm -hmm. rights protected. Cal L says the founding fathers actually give a blueprint on how to dismantle the government without due process through invasion step by step. The White House announced on 912 they're using a tech to do it. Whoa. What does that refer to? Well, yeah. More info, please. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's, there's something missing there. Huh? Mm -hmm. Christos Aretikos says, as a Canadian in Montreal, I second the motion for United States and Provinces of America, uh, C-A-U-S, mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. of the great North American Republic. Glory to Timcast and friends. Have you guys watched the uh, um, Electric Dreams episode, Others, Kill All Others? Uh -uh. Have not. You bro. mentioned it, Nude. Yeah, it sounds watch awesome. Watch it, man. You guys, you're electric missing dreams. out. Yeah, Electric Dreams is, it's on Amazon, <laughs> but it's um, like Philip K. Dick stories, and there's a, uh, an episode called Kill All Others. It's brilliantly done. Everyone who watches this show would absolutely love that episode. There's a guy, he's chilling on, on, on his couch watching the debate, and it's like a single candidate running for office. There's no, there's no, you know, real election. Mm -hmm. And she gets asked by an interviewer, like, "Well, you know, you know, so tell me, what are your plans when you become the 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 president?" And the candidate, she's like. Well, you know, first, we need to totally gut these schools because they're a huge problem. Kill, kill all others, of course. And then, obviously, the economy is in serious trouble. And then he goes, whoa, whoa, what did she just say? And then he plays it over and she keeps saying, like, she says it. And then the interviewer goes, he's like, honey, come in here, listen to this. And the interviewer goes, whoa, 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 that was very controversial. I can't believe you would say that. You want to gut the schools. Now, a lot of people, and he's like, what's going on? Then he's asking his people, like his friends at work, and there's like only a few people there. And he's like, can you believe she said that? And they're like, I don't know, man. I don't watch that political stuff. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, as the time goes on, he eventually is like driving to work with his wife. And then he sees like people chasing a woman who's screaming. And they're like, get her. She's an other. He sees an ad that says, kill all others. He's on a train. And then he sees billboards for it. And then eventually they're like, why are you defending others? Are you an other? And he's like, no, I just don't understand why you're doing it. Like, he's another. He's an and then, you know, you, you get we where it goes. We see this happening. In, it's it's in, such a good episode. Yeah, it's amazing. that sounds good. What's just, the show called? You know, like, Electric, Electric Dreams. Dreams from 2017, sci-fi. Yeah. One, only I one mean, season. The, the whole season was great. I liked it. Philip K. Dick stories. Mm. But I think that was like the last one. I watched it and I was flabbergasted they made it. Ten episodes. I was like, this, this explains everything that's going on exactly with cancel culture and the woke left. Hmm. It's from a book, The Hanging Stranger. Mm. It's good stuff, man. Philip Dick. It's a good episode. Added it. Definitely check it out. Yeah, and the reason I brought it up was because um, Christos mentioned Canada and Montreal. In the episode, they live in Mexican. 
and it's oh, the wow. North American unified yeah. body or whatever. That also oh, happened okay. in, in Fallout Three, I think. Like didn't they, in the Fallout story, didn't Canada and Mexico join the U.S.? Um, it, I don't At know. I think I think like the U.S. may have annexed Canada or something like something that like because they needed oil, and then right. China mm-hmm. invades Alaska or something. Correct. Aliens are attempting to take over. He tries to save everyone else, but dies trying to protect everyone. In which one? Well, the book that it's based on. Oh. The uh, it, well, it's twelve different, and it's an anthology series. Right. So you may be referring Electric to one episode. Electric Dreams, yes. Yeah, it's, so there's, I think there's 12 episodes and they're all individual. Oh, I see, because okay. I'm looking at Cranston, Steve Buscemi, Terrence Howard. So they're all stars in different episodes. That's cool. Yep. That's kind of like Twilight Zone kind of thing. Hmm. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says, dude, love the ammo can. Yeah, that's my buddy Will Perry. He makes these clean ammo cans. He made your... Uh, Tim, he's a big fan from Missouri. It's a, it's, a, a, it's a 50 BMG ammo can. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Cast, news, politics, and, culture. Uh, and so. I that was pretty cool. You nice that gift. Awesome? Huh? Well, you I want that one. Was that? Did you bring <laughs> that in with Yeah, you? yeah. Dude, my, that's awesome. Yeah, my buddy Will Perry wanted to give you a gift. He's a huge fan. We got a lot of fans in Missouri. Every time I go on, like, all my Missouri just lights up because they love Tim Cast out there. So. Will gave you this. He's got a company. It, man. Ooh, yeah, where, where, where's mine? Yeah, what am I? What am I? Chopped liver here? Uh, yeah, we need a, we I like ammo. I made a, a beautiful <laughs> little George Washington Buddha that from my shop, and I made this myself. So you can get that at my. All right, <laughs> Ben D says breaking Biden stu- Biden student loan frozen by Fed by federal judge. I saw this video. Apparently, it's a commercial that I, I don't know if Biden's putting out where it's like a song about getting 10k in your pocket. And it shows like jeans and it says 10K flashing and like people putting money in their pockets, something like that. I'm like, dude, mm-hmm. they're just buying votes. Yep. Yeah, basically. That's so insane. Just man. like he did with the marijuana uh, declaration, yeah, right. which doesn't affect anyone. The well, 6,500 Marsh- people are affected. The Marshall not Project, by Biden. The Marshall Project said not a single person yeah. will, be, will be released from prison because of this. Yeah. Most people in prison are for trafficking, not for possession. No right. one's in prison, federal, federal jail prison. For, for possession. Not, right. Right. Yeah. not a single person. Yeah. But then people are like, yeah, but, you know, past records. No. No, the real one, the, the big announcement was going to be the descheduling because, it, well, rescheduling. He promised that, but he hasn't delivered yeah. any of that. The, the reason why they, they said they couldn't do that is because it's a Schedule 1 drug. They can't reschedule it because right. it's Schedule it's 1. Just, it's crazy. It's the, yeah. the Isn't that weird? The yep. There's a lot of money yeah. and a lot of big industries. We just need to change the culture. Oh, yeah. And once everybody believes we should be legal, it'll be legal even when the law is... Like opiates. If you want to get someone off that opiates... That sounds like an anarchist <laughs> idea there. That doesn't sound very <laughs> minarchist of you a, there. That was a Tim Pool idea for that sounds like a change know, the culture. All right, all right. Tim never reads my super chat. Says, "Oh, great show." Austin Peterson is on point as usual. Also, thanks Tim for reading the original Second Amendment as first written. I'm tired of liberals purposefully misinterpreting it all the time. That was cool, and thank That's you. Right. Appreciate that. Tim never reads my super chats. That's right. <laughs> That's, great That's a great name. name. Yes. Yeah, good name. Herman Acosta says big businesses love laws and regulations. It prices out people from being able to afford to start a business, effectively pulling up the ladder behind them. Yep. Herman yep. Acosta, you're my boy. Yep. Okay, what do we got here? Callan Shaw Indie Game says idea. Each vote is multiplied by how many votes we cast since last time that office was elected. If you vote every year, your Senate vote is worth six, mm. POTUS worth four, only every four years and counts less. That's interesting. I like, see, that's kind of along the lines of what we're talking about there. People think that yeah. because they vote every four years, you know, that they should have, you know, they should have a say. But the people who show up to the town councils, the people who show up to the meetings, the electors who actually engage with campaigns, those people were always supposed to have more of a say. You know what? Maybe here's an idea. Every time you go to a local election, you receive a vote voucher. And then on general election day for like governor or whatever, those vote vouchers count as votes. Or just how about if you just own property? How's that? Yeah, yeah. Only, only if you're only if you're a white male who owns property, right? right? No, but, 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 but the idea here is if you participate in all your local elections, 
when you go to vote at the at, at the general higher level, yeah. you have more say than someone who's ignored the whole process. Or how about if you're just if you're a net taxpayer? Yes. If you're which a is net, only the one percent. Yeah, if you're a net taxpayer, Basically. there you go. I think the net taxpayers are only in the top twenty. What's the net taxpayer? So uh, everybody here pays taxes, but on average, you receive more tax benefits than you pay into taxes. So I think what is it? Everyone receives like fifty grand. Mm-hmm. So unless you've paid more than fifty thousand dollars in taxes, you're not a net taxpayer. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then you got to you got to add that only uh, forty eight is it forty eight percent of people actually pay into taxes. Yes. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the compliance rates have been much lower, actually. It was mm-hmm. like what during Eisenhower's years in the 1950s, where the top marginal tax rate was like 91%. And the liberals were like, we've had much higher tax rates back in the past. But nobody paid it. Nobody paid the tax, mm-hmm. those tax yeah, rates, yeah. right? Like there was, there, I mean, they just didn't pay their taxes. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Because the higher, it's just the Laffer curve, right? The, the higher you tax, the less compliance right. you get. And, but, yeah. but also, it's the less actual revenue you generate, mm-hmm. yep. especially if people have the opportunity to leave your jurisdiction and trade elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's people don't understand this, man. They don't get it. All right, everybody. Uh, let's see. Maybe we'll, we'll try and grab. Uh, we'll grab one more. Ghetto Man says just ordered every documentary on Info uh, One documentary uh, One Infowars. You mean from Infowars? On. Yeah, on. on. There's an extra in there. Uh, on Infowars, though, that means other people made it. So. Got to support the man who first informed me how corrupt our government is. And here's 20 for talking about how absurd the whole thing is. Well, there you go, man. Hmm. All right, everybody, if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, become a member over at TimCast.com to support our work directly and watch all of our members-only shows like the TimCast Uncensored IRL show. Check those out. Plus Cast Castle. The last episode was really, really fun to make. And you can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me at TimCast. Austin, do you want to shout anything out? Yeah, please check out my new morning talk show, the Wake Up America show. Uh, subscribe to me on YouTube at AP for Liberty. I'm AP for Liberty everywhere, but that's a great uh, place to watch the show. So the Wake Up America show, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. So if you subscribe to my YouTube at AP for Liberty, you'll find me. And if you want to get um, any of my awesome little Buddhas that I make myself by hand, uh, you can check out the AP for Liberty. Liberty shop, uh, APforLibertyShop.com. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate you having me back. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah Austin, this was great. Thank you so yeah, much for coming. Yeah, it's good to see you again, man. It's been years. Maybe one day you'll will believe in freedom. Uh, and, <laughs> and maybe one day you'll stop talking about how you love and need government. But meanwhile, <laughs> I enjoyed the conversation yeah. and it was awesome. My website is LukeUncensored.com. I got a bunch of stuff there, forum, merchandise, masterclasses. I did a video there recently about two things that I'm doing right now in all of this craziness. LukeUncensored.com. Hope to see you there after this video. I agree. Austin, thank you for being the spurs in Luke's butt because I like to watch him run. He's a fast, 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 fast man. Horse. Uh, boy, did that joke fall flat. <laughs> Bye, guys. I'm not going to be here on Monday. I'm taking the, taking the weekend off. I'm going to go spend some time with family. I Hopefully, you have the opportunity to do the same and take advantage of it. And I'll see you Tuesday. Get in touch with me online if you want to be in Crossland. And I am Surge.com. I will be in the chats maybe a little bit tonight. We'll see how that goes. Uh, was a good one. So yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We got a bunch of clips coming up throughout the weekend. We've got a bunch of stuff on the website. Check it out, and we'll see you all next time. See ya. Cheers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.